0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: The weather actually features in the papers this morning with regards to another storm that's coming. And of course, that is the massive movement of the huge Garth Brooks rig which has been built at the moment in Porky, Cuevan, Jamaica. Peter aiken has been saying that uh, Garth Brooks is expected in the country in the next 24 hours. So that's a weather-related story. Unfortunately, it doesn't dominate the front of the newspapers. It would be lovely if it was all good news, wouldn't it? It really would. In fact, I have an interesting text from somebody, which I'll read out in a few minutes' time, regarding good news versus bad news. But it's the triple murder charge of a man by the name of Andy Cash, who appeared in court yesterday. Now, it can now be said Said that he's the elder brother of the eight year old twins and their 18 year old uh, sister. Uh, he appeared in court charged with their murders yesterday. Andy Cash, age 24, uh, on the same day that a vigil was held uh, for the children. So the mirror this morning says brother charged with triple murder. Uh, Andy Cash, 24, appears in court over alleged killings in the, in the family home. And there are also photographs of a very distraught mum. Uh, Margaret Cash at the vigil in Dublin last night Uh, the papers this morning say that uh, heartbroken friends and neighbours this is from this morning's mirror uh, released balloons shared stories about Lisa 18 year old Lisa and indeed the 8 year old twins Christy and Chelsea Cawley who lost their lives early on Sunday heartbroken friends and family members releasing balloons and telling stories it's just absolutely tragic the world we live in now we're hearing way too many stories like that all too often. The other story, of course, has definitely got to do with the move from, you know, I mean, I think you probably agree that we had a pretty good summer by and large, but now we move in, of course, to the autumn and then into the winter. What's the plan? Huh? What's the plan? Well, I see the Irish Times this morning saying that the plan is to in one one way anyway, to tackle big buildings and offices. God only knows how many people are actually in offices anymore. But they're sitting down at some stage today, according to the Irish Times, to control office building heat and light. So the coalition is drawing up a plan now that will set the temperatures in offices and buildings and lower them across the winter and encourage, nay, perhaps instruct workers not to be spread out across different floors and offices all get together and... You know, up close and personal um, and shut down, I suppose, like we were talking about yesterday, closing down rooms that you don't use. So the three party leaders will be discussing this this morning, similar to what they're doing in France and Germany, according to the Irish Times this morning. In Germany this winter, public buildings, other than hospitals, are to be heated to a maximum of 19 degrees and the heat may be turned off completely in the entrances, the corridors and foyers. I often wonder, actually, are our hospitals too hot? I often think that they are too hot and you you wonder, should they be as hot, as warm as they are with regards to the breeding of germs and the spreading of things that you don't want spreading? But what do I know? I, I, but they're talking about uh, other issues, including France, who Macron wants a 10% reduction in France's energy use in the coming weeks. And you see Liz Truss uh, will be sworn in, or I guess whatever they do in the UK, she'll meet the Queen, Boris will step out and she'll step in. And straight away... She's putting in uh, an energy price freeze where people in the UK will know what their cost of energy, whether it's gas or electric, exactly what it will be across the winter, all of next year and next winter. It could cost them like 90 billion pounds because I imagine uh, how will this work? Well, there'll be a price freeze um, for users as in English, Scottish, Welsh and Northern Ireland people. And then the government would pay the energy providers the difference. So also the paper, I mean, why don't we look like that? Why don't we think of doing things like that? Instead, of what they're saying, oh, we're going to organize a windfall tax instead against the energy producers. And all that will do really is raise revenue for the government. It's a front page story making the mail today. Uh, they say, ah, those companies are making millions in profits. But yeah, but householders are struggling with price hikes as well. So... If you tax them, what are you going to do with the tax? They certainly don't be thinking at all about passing it on. I'm sorry going would be bigging up the British, um, you know, uh, electoral system or indeed their political system. But Liz Truss is putting in a price freeze. So they're also talking this morning's Independent about why don't we organize low-cost loans to buy electric cars and also organize congestion charges for urban drivers and more public transport fare reduction. So buses to be cheaper. That'd be very interesting, wouldn't it? If you were coming in from Douglas or coming across the, the, uh, the keys into the city or coming in from the west in Bishopstown or coming in from the east in Glenmire, that at some stage in your journey, you would be charged a congestion charge, right? You might be charged a euro a journey into and across the city. I wonder whether that would fly or not. But anyway, there's some stories regards to energy. Uh, and then as uh, kids head back to school, of course, and I know there was the Leaving Cert results last week and CAO offers uh, this week, and I just wind the clock back to maybe younger years, and these would be younger school children. The Independent this morning says that one in four school children are reporting being bullied online. And they're looking at eight to 12-year-olds particularly those with online social media accounts. 87% of them, aged 8 to 12, have social media accounts. It's insane, really, when you think of it. While at the same time, Instagram have been fined 405 million euro by the Irish Data Commission for breaching the privacy of children. And I suppose it's a drop in the ocean to the likes of your Instagrams and your Facebooks and your Googles and your TikToks and things like that. But at least we know that they're on the ball and watching them. So they're looking at the habits of children online. And they found that uh, more than one in four kids has been bullied online. A lot of them, uh, somewhere in the region of one third of preteen boys. Are playing adult games, exposed to potentially harmful content, violent imagery. The tabloids pick up on that story this morning, goes further, and they they talk of um, unsupervised children as young as eight exposed to threats of violence, sex, assault. And bullying and grooming online. But sure, so why wouldn't they be? All of that exists in a completely unregulated online world, doesn't it? There's a teacher up the country that makes, well, he is a teacher, although he's been suspended from, from work with pay at a school up the country. Um, and he has now been sent to jail to Mountjoy Prison for contempt of court. He is, he is, uh, he, he, he's, he's refusing to obey an order not to attend school, Wilson's Hospital School in County Westmead. And the reason behind it is, is because he says, I love my school, uh, but I will not call a boy a girl. It's a row over pronouns in the school. So he's objected to addressing a student as they, uh, was suspended, continued to go to school, was brought to court over it, and now has been jailed for contempt of court. So it's an interesting one making the story, making the newspapers uh, this morning. Um, also, with regards to school issues, um, Norma Foley uh, makes the papers today because it looks as if she's asleep at the wheel. Um, I could say that she's at the sleep at the wheel of school buses. Remember how the government decided there will be no fees at all for the coming academic year for school transportation and for buses. That was all very well until Bus Aaron said (laughs) in a second, we won't have enough places on buses for everybody. So, there's 130,000 people applied for places for their children and about 10,000 of them, up until last Friday anyway, were still without seats on buses. She has had numerous opportunities to address this issue and has avoided it like the plague, like as if she's caught in the headlights. And then of course some good news for you. Middleton, Down below, the distillery is absolutely flying and they're adding on another 250 million euro investment. They are just rocking it. Uh, And of course, one of the big sellers all over the world, of course, is Jameson Whiskey and Middleton Whiskey and Middleton Rare and what have you. And it's a great tour, actually. What a reputation it has overseas. And the Echo leads with it this morning, a 250 million euro distillery investment planned uh, for Irish distillers and Garth does make many of the papers. Apparently he'll have his own little um, bubble, his own little COVID bubble for his entire stay. So he and all of his crew will be very much protected, according to Ken Sweeney, the showbiz editor. I hope to chat with Ken Sweeney in the next few days as we get closer to the gigs. But this morning he's saying in the sun that he won't be mingling with any friends ...in neither low nor high places... uh, ...because he will exist in a COVID bubble... ...for the entire stay... ...400,000 fans in Dublin's Croke Park... ...with the first of the five gigs kicking off on Friday... Uh, ...Garth's highly strong at the same time... ...where he's said to be nervous about the gigs... ...and that's a good thing... ...you wouldn't want to be too calm... ...going into something like that... ...a little bit of nerves... ...a little bit of anxiety... ...keeps you sharp... ...and then of course for the generation... ...that are supposed to save the planet... Much of them, of course, who went to electric picnic. Why do you leave all your junk behind you? Those that are going to save the planet from my generation and the generations before them. Because apparently above there, there are tents, blown up mattresses, broken gazebos. The place is littered with empty beer can cans, leftover food and other rubbish. If you're gonna save the planet, why don't you take your junk and your tents and your gazebos and your litter and your beer cans home with you? Text 0868104106 Text
2: the Neil Brenderville Show now.
1: 0868104106 Red FM And a lot of texts and emails from yesterday we were talking about issues involving the, the cost of living, but let me just say, I mentioned in the newspapers earlier on uh, that there's a lot of doom and gloom, and of course, uh, we want to be trying to accentuate the positive, if at all possible. And Jimmy says, "I listen to your show all of the time. You're great at your job. Well, thank you for that. I, I know you have to cover all of the crap that we all go through, and that people have desperate lives." Uh, but is there any chance you would consider even once a month just to do a program on good news, funny stories, etc., just to cheer us up a bit? I might come on air myself if I can think of a good news story, but I'm sure there are plenty of listeners who would give it a go, just a thought. And you know something? You're absolutely right, 100%. You know that I would much prefer to be having five days a week, three hours a day of great news stories laughing because there's nothing better than sharing good news and a good laugh. Um, And I tell you one thing that I do try and do is, in spite of any kind of doom and gloom stuff that's going on, I do try and mix it up on a daily basis and you will always hear some of some of the lighter stuff. And then Friday, I try and lighten things up as best I can. But I'll take it on board and I would encourage people to share some of the more positive stories or the more happy ones. How it really can work in this world is, that video clip that I took of the session that kicked off, say for instance, at Newark Airport when the flight was delayed and we were coming back to Shannon. You'd be amazed then, those kind of stories absolutely fly when I share those videos on either my own Instagram page or indeed on Twitter or Facebook People kind of tend to gravitate towards them faster, I think, than the more negative stories, um, which is good, really, because they always say that bad news sells. But I'm not so sure about that. Mind you, can I deal with the real world that we're living in, if you don't mind, uh, with regards to the cost of living and also issues involving uh, whether or not people will be able to feed or turn on their heat across uh, the winter uh, selection of texts from yesterday if you were homeless now you'd be better off in cork prison a bed a roof over your head three meals a day free gym free netflix free heating that's why they call it the hotel on the hill uh, your show is great today in highlighting the bills and the problems people face this winter this is from yesterday the select few won't feel this increase in the winter uh, now let's all get suffering together um, Another one then talking about, uh, you read out of the text earlier about our gas and where it comes from. As you well know, it's not Russian gas. So you swept that under the carpet fairly fast. So why are we paying so much for gas when it comes from the North Sea? I thought I answered that yesterday because I was asked that question. And to the best of my knowledge, it all has to do with supply and demand. When you can't get Russian gas, or indeed uh, the Russians have turned down the supply, It means there's less around. So for the providers, it means they can charge more. None of this is coincidental what's going on. It's happening worldwide, not just Ireland. They're going to ration our energy next, ration our fuel next. This is all part of a big plan. People should have listened from the beginning. Now we're all in trouble. Every government around the world is doing this to their people. Everything we will have, uh, soon we will have a one world government all with the same money. The dollar and the euro are equal at the moment. When have you ever seen that? That is bizarre, actually. That is a good point. They are equal. Uh, They're making it impossible for businesses to continue to trade. Hence, the massive multi-corporation companies would be taking over... We'll be taking over, run by... No, sorry, uh, these texts aren't proofed. Uh, We're surrounded by seas that contained enough oil and gas to last for decades. We have a gas infrastructure to most towns and cities. We have petrol and diesel stations, solid fuel suppliers, home heating suppliers, and dozens of other fossil fuels-related industries, all here. Um... As in, we have it on our own back door, I suppose. Uh, There's that and lots more besides. But um, let me get back to the phone lines because yesterday I was asked a question by a listener who, when we were talking about the recent wage increase of TDs, last year they got 10 grand. Uh, This year, they are about to get another 7,000 euro increase onto their annual salary. Of course, they will hide behind the fact that it's all part of the public sector pay agreement where people in the public sector, civil servants, get automatic wage increases every single year yeah i know it doesn't happen in the private sector but it does in the public sector so politicians in the past have told me we've no say in the matter we have to take it we're public servants it just comes automatically but somebody was wondering then as to whether or not the Sinn fein tds take it or not and they asked me on it yesterday to put that question to tommy gould Sinn fein td for quark and he joins me by phone tommy good morning Good morning, Neil. How does it work um, with regards to salary and payments to Sinn Féin TDs?
3: Well, we, we're just the same as every other TD, but the big difference between us and the government parties is a TD salary is one hundred one thousand. Um, last year, I gave back over ten thousand, and it was the same or this year, and it was the same last year. There's a new increase of almost seven thousand coming for TDs again this year. We think it's scandalous. How in the name of God can TVs be giving themselves seven thousand? Just to let your listeners know, there have been five pay increases in the two and a half years we're in the dial. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was in the private sector. What were the other? The
1: what were the other three? So we've had a seven recently, a ten last year. You don't have the no, other three. The ten is a combination
3: of the other ones put right, together. Okay. It's, it's just under eleven thousand. Okay, okay, so over the space of
1: the, the two years. So in two so years, in two years, a TD's salary has increased seventeen thousand euro. To bones of Neil, yes. And the difference
3: between us is what we do is I sign a, a form which I return that to the to the exchequer and I don't take it. And the same with other T TDs. We don't feel this right at the time when people are struggling and uh, like not only the cost of living crisis, but struggling for pe- people on minimum wage or low wage or families um, who are really struggling to put food on the table.
1: So, okay, to just answer the away. question from the listener yesterday. You sent yeah. back the ten grand, and you will send back the seven grand. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, uh, but then, they'll, but deep. then they'll only squander it. Would you not have been better off taking the seventeen grand and giving it to? Penny Dinners or Vincent de Paul or Simon or something like that? Yeah, actually, we discussed that
3: and we discussed it as a group because 36 TDs returning 17,000 euros roughly this year was a lot of money, right, 36 TDs. But the thing about it then is there are so many good causes around. Um, like, I, I would know to train very well. I've actually ever cost of a uh, uh, press conference around 11 o'clock today okay. Okay. But, like, there are so many good causes then Neil and then some people will say why is this cause better than that so we've been giving it back to the exchequer we don't think TD should be getting these raises but it's don't you think that, wait, that if
1: you send it back to the exchequer it would just be wasted no well Neil we shouldn't be getting it in the first place okay. and is 101,000 enough you think well we
3: don't we, we, give, we give back 10 out of that yeah. so far and we'll be giving back the new
1: six and a half or seven. So 91,000 is enough, is it? Yeah,
3: it is. neat, And it's actually, it's probably too much. It's too much. You know. like when you look at how people are struggling, you look at a lot of people in the public sector and the private sector on small wages, and they're looking at TDs and they're looking for TDs to show leadership. Now, the only thing we can do is return or pay increases at the moment. And I think people, what I hear when people hear about it or they ask me about it, they say, Well at least you're trying something, at least you're doing something. And just to let you know, I was a counselor for eleven years and then eleven years I never went down one of these junkets, you know, these junkets that they go on. Yeah. And I left behind between sixty and seventy thousand uh that money tax free that I could have gotten all the hotels around the country or foreign travel. And why't you do, why didn't you do any of that? Because I tell you, Neil, if you remember going back 13 or 14 ago, years ago, how tough things were. Okay. And then people were flying around the place on junkets. I felt that they were looking for politicians to show a bit of leadership, to, to say that we're not all the same. We're not all in a. So, a City we're Council full
1: same. of people then that are chasing committees where they can get extra expenses, and a City Council full of councillors who are chasing junkets and jollies overseas?
3: Well, can I say this though? Because of the pressure we put on the government. When I started off as a councillor first, you were entitled to get 8400 on these conference fees. I think no, after years of us fighting and campaigning, this reduced to 2400 And the problem for me, Neil, is there are probably a few conferences that are really important to go to. But the problem then is when they go and all the junkets, they spoil it. They spoil the good work that needs to be done. And people know that. I right. mean, there are some really good TDs and councillors out there that I respect. Who are on it for the right reason, but not everyone is, and that's what that's what left people are left on by. Okay,
1: okay. So you don't take the um, any increases. You didn't take the ten thousand, and you won't take the seven thousand. You returned it to the state. That means that Shinfei TDs are paid ninety one thousand plus unvouched expenses. You take the expenses though.
3: Well, yeah, Will I take the expenses? Yeah. Because. Of you know, I get to change
1: to Dublin when I go. No, I, I understand week. that. I mean, yeah. They're, yeah, but you don't have to. They're automatically paid, aren't they? You don't have to. Do you have to show receipts for them?
3: No, not for those ones, but for some, they say, advertising office expenses. No, paying my phone bill. And the ESP, in the office, stuff like that, we have, what we do is we have to keep them and 10% of TDs then are audited every year and mm-hmm. you have to supply them all those receipts.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. So, I'm kind of up to date then with regards to how that works, but you gotta, you got to wonder then, uh, as people are struggling at this time of the year and looking at the budget and how it's going to unfold, more about that in a few minutes' time. People have been wondering, How come we can spend huge amounts of money on things that really don't make a huge amount of difference? You know, 700 million on on Bus Connect. God only knows how much money, say, for instance. And it's not a bad thing. I I get it. But I'm wondering whether it's needed now. The McCroom bypass. Um, I mean, we can't back out of these things now. I understand that. But when you look at the impact, say, for instance, of fuel costs, housing costs, rental costs, health crisis. Why, why, why for instance, would they fi- be able to find nearly a billion on Bus Connect, but they couldn't find the billion to spend it better?
3: You see, Neil, they could. And this is the big problem about the government. They're playing one group off against another group, and people are saying, why is this money being spent here? We need a Macron bypass. We need an order road in Cork, which I've, been, which I've been crying out for over 12 years. Uh, we need that investment, and the government aren't putting it in. So what we're seeing is we need these investments. We need bus connects because we want to get people out of their towns. But at the moment, I you, uh, last week, from found we waited no 20 minutes for a bus, the number three bus. We can't that. the crazy situation.
1: Yeah, but between it's the, the McGroom the- Cork bypass, and again, uh, th- not really saying criticising it, it's just the timing of it, that's 300 million. Bus Connect is about 700 million, isn't it? That's a billion.
3: But we need to put in infrastructure. This should have been done. You see the difference between the Irish government, what Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael did, and the Germans. When the Germans went into recession in 2008 and 2009, during the financial crisis, they built roads, hospitals, houses, schools, right? Instead, the Irish Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael cut spending everywhere. Now we have no houses... We have, the, the road infrastructure is, is creaking at the seams. We have, we, we're waiting for the, the hospital for Cork for the last 20 years, and it's still not announced. Like, what we are saying is that investment. You see, Neil, we have, a, what, we have over a million there, But there, but but there you the go. If Cork.
1: that's a billion, right? 700 and yeah. 300 is a billion. That would have built a fairly fantastic hospital, or maybe two, in Cork.
3: Oh, yes, but the point is the government can do it. The government has the money to do it. They're making choices not to do it, right? And the, the question is, like, if I ran the by-election, deal back in 2019, and a month before the by-election, there was supposed to be announced on the new hospital for Cork. And I was calling for it at the time to be built on the north side to balance out the, north, the uh, hospital services for the north side of Cork City. Here we are now, we're in September 2022, Three years later, and we still don't have an announcement. No, behind that with the T shop, Michael Mcgregor and Simon Corbyn are senior our ministers. Right? Why don't they just announce it and say it's going to be delivered for car? Okay, okay. So you keep contacting me who need new hips, who need new knees, who are waiting this for years. Like these decisions, and that's the difference between us and them, Neil. Right? Well, okay, let's okay, we, okay. So just show so that i will be able to
1: revisit this in the future if that's the difference between now and then. They make uh, they make political promises at election time that they don't keep. Are, are you saying that if Sinn Féin are voted in in the next election and form a government are you making a commitment that Sinn Féin will build a hospital on the north side of Cork City?
3: Neil, why are you going to worry? No, Is no, that, no, say yes or no. I'm making a commitment that Sinn Féin that we will deliver a hus- hospital that was promised for Cork for the last 20 years and that well, once we get in that will be delivered for God.
1: Okay. And when would that be? How soon after election?
3: Well, God, there's no need if, if we can get an election straight away because people are, people are really angry. They're really fed up. Like, we had a meeting last night no relation to the cost of living. We have a press conference today in Blackpool Community Centre where we're outlining it. Uh, people, like, I, I was in Dallas, Billings, at the weekend, I spoke to a man who said he hasn't turned the seat to his apron. He's afraid to turn it because he can't afford it. We're we're talking with students who can't get accommodation, we have people, we're looking for an immediate ban on evictions into homelessness. Neil, on Monday in my clinic, you know I do a clinic every Monday, two new families presented to me who are going to be homeless.
1: What was happening? Did the the owner of the property sell up, is it?
3: The owner of the property was saying they're selling, but the the point is, they should be able to sell the property with the family in it, and let them keep paying their rent. And Neil, one of these families, they're not getting help, they're not getting rental loans. These are people who are working, who have money, but they can't find accommodation. Yeah. So, it, Neil, you often talk about the squeeze middle. There are people, know who go to work every day, uh, who are paying for schools, for colleges, uh, paying VHI, they're paying for everything. Those people know... Uh, they always had a bit of disposable income. Those people now are trapped in the middle, and they're looking for the government now to give them a hand. Yeah. Everyone now, from pensioners to students to families, are saying to the government, "You must deliver a budget that's going to help people, and not kind of uh, not kind of airy fairy stuff. Actually, give put money into people's pockets." Okay. And that's what we
1: need. Okay, let me let me get let me deal with that actually because I have quite an amount of text on what people would like to see change come the autumn time. Um, j- just finally on that, I mean, you you talk about uh, you know issues involving or at least I did bus connect. Do you think that that's going to is that going to happen? Do you think that's going to work? It's going to get across the line. Well, I'm really disappointed in the plan they're producing
3: here, and I spoke to them about it. Like they're taking away hundreds of gardens, hundreds of trees. Uh, they're making areas like Cathedral Road and the All Road, uh, no true traffic. Like I asked them, where are the thousands of cars that drive up Cathedral Road every day going to go? Like, they can't go into Burn Street, they can't go to Sunday as well, like, they can't go up through and, Like That's why we need the we need Northern Ring Road built. But we do need a bus connect because people need to be able to get the bus and it can't be delayed. So the problem is they need to listen to communities i the meeting last week on Sunday as well, as at the Harbour Road. Uh, we are meeting with and right and we had meeting with uh, Blackpool yesterday because they're looking at the plan. We're meeting groups in Mayfield. What we are saying to people, the people who live locally, know their areas and can come up with solutions, and we're asking bus connects to take it on board. You see the same in Bishopstone. Y- huge amount of work to be done out there. And I spoke with Alden Ring. What we are saying to Bus Connect, listen to the people, listen to communities, and we can deliver us then with a compromise.
1: Yeah, okay, well, let's see what happens there because the public forums have finished now. The opportunity to go and visit and view and ask questions has gone. So it's moved on to the next stage now. It seems to me, me that people that, are incredibly quiet about it. They just don't seem to realise what could potentially happen in their own local communities, all for wider roads for buses. But that's maybe that's the way. But, but maybe you, it'll be too late by the time that, they sit up.
3: Just in that, if any group wants to meet with uh, the NTA, I can organise that. So if anyone wants to contact my office, I can meet with them and they can organise meetings to meet with the NTA because I still believe that there are huge problems here that need to be sorted out. So, and I think the problem at the moment, people are so co- concentrating on the cost of going back to school, the cost of, uh, the cost of living crisis that... Bus Connect is a register with a lot of people but it's really important that all your listeners know look into it because of how major changes for people lives in using
1: car. all right Tommy thanks for taking the call originally was to answer questions regarding salaries for members of Sinn Féin I hope that answered the question of a listener yesterday uh, I'm always happy to oblige and to follow up if somebody asked me to do something Tommy Gould, Sinn Féin back after the break text 0868104106 get it off
2: your chest Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104106. Red FM.
1: Okay, so issues then involving how people will uh, cope across the winter and how a budget may or may not make any difference, give with one hand, take for the other. They should have helped people immediately but they decided to go on holidays for two months but they'll give in the budget they will take back in taxes, says Ellen. Uh, I would love to see the politicians take a pay cut and put the money back into the budget uh, but I wouldn't hold my breath with regards to any politician taking a pay cut. Well, you, you see what Sinn Féin do, they don't take the increases. So Irish politicians in the last uh, two years have had a salary increase of 17,000 euro. Uh, so, and that's all through Covid when many people actually took pay cuts which they didn't want to take and for some Never got it back. Uh, something for the working people would be good, like removing the universal social charge, raising the tax cut off, increasing tax credits, social welfare increases only to pensioners, carers, and those on disability. Nobody else. Uh, because there's plenty of work out there, says Sylvia. Uh, a property tax, a proper tax break for the average working class who get absolutely hammered every year. A better incentive for people to return to work rather than giving extra cash to stay on the dole. Everyone should be entitled to affordable living to make sure they have a roof over their heads and can afford living expenses. And our natural resources should be taken back by the state where you don't have to choose between heating your home or feeding your family. Oh, and also, proper immigration controls where we only take what we can afford to take and not look like an easy pushover. By agreeing to everything that Europe asks us to do," says Mark. That's only a selection. There's lots more like that. I get back to them. Uh, to the phone lines we go. There, Sharon. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good.
1: What part of my conversation did you want to pick up on?
4: No, um, we were on there a few weeks ago, and um, they're putting bicycle lanes in on Top Road at the moment, well, not at the moment, but they're planned to is to put bicycle lanes in. Now. They're putting double yellow lines outside the shops on Torrey Road by the community centre, which there'll be no parking. And we're living on Clarks Road, so we're going to get the overflow of the traffic of the parking, which is bad enough at the moment with the school.
1: Is this part so of Bus Connect or is it just part of pushing out more bicycle lanes?
4: Pushing out more bicycle lanes, yeah. yeah. Now, we have no objection to the cyclists or anything, but they're taking away 12 trees. like... The Green Party are on about trees and about greenery. They're taking away 12 trees. They're taking away a green patch to put in the bicycle lane um, for kids to cycle up a hill going to school. This is all the proposed. There wouldn't
1: be cycling this morning, I can tell you that.
4: Exactly. Yeah. I weather. mean, what is it? Cycling
1: in the summer only or when the weather is nice?
4: Exactly. We don't. Well, there's no kids with cycling this weather up going up a hill. Should no kids with cycling up a hill. So, um, no worries we'll to Son about. We're having a meeting this week again about. We had it in August um, with a residence meeting, and we had Donna um, Colera and Fiona Kearns there and Dan Boyle. Um, we had two engineers from the City Hall there.
1: What impact it was, will it have on. Because Torrey Top Road is, is kind of a narrow road, isn't it?
4: It is, it is,
1: Darks yes, Road is, is anyway.
4: It is Clark's Road. It's very narrow, yeah. And uh, Clark's Road at the moment, we do have problems at the top of Clark's Road with parking from the school. Like they park across our entrances, we can't get in. Like, but the drive. they do that
1: everywhere, girls? They, they yeah. do that everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I see it in Beaumont all of the time. I see it in Douglas yeah. all of the time. They'll park. Well, they'll imagine. park anywhere. But it's only for like half an hour, isn't it?
4: Uh, exactly. But like, I mean, there's people there that need to use their drive. Do you know, they have to have the drive free, like there's taxi driving living on the road, there's elderly people that need to use their drive. But like we're gonna have the overflow from the shops when people can't park there. The businesses are going to suffer over the parking because there's a chemist and the beauticians that serve the community. And all and of this are...
1: chaos is called be uh, because we need more cycle lanes.
4: Ultimately. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 And as you said, I know more Like more who's going to cycle.
1: But if, if say, there were more cycle lanes and we got more kids exercising on bikes going to and from school, there'd be less parking in people's housing estates waiting to pick up Johnny and Mary, wouldn't there?
4: But, see, they wouldn't really, Neil, because it's coming a different way. Like, it's coming up Torrey Top Hill. It's not as if it's coming, we say... No, but
1: I know, but I mean, in, say Perry in general... I know I'm not necessarily talking exclusively about your area, but but in general if There was like cycle lanes are for everybody, including children, but they then are. again, how would that work with the ba- with the bags on their back like
4: exactly how would it work? I mean you as you know, like the bags are very heavy at the moment from pray for prayer, so who's to going
1: to, to be doing the cycling
4: exactly who is going to be doing the cycling? We don't know. We have a graveyard there that people will be able to park inside the graveyards because there'd be double yellow lanes there. Yeah. We have the cork city match um, crowd that will be there for the Cork city games. we have the monster the Cr- rub, the
5: rubber
4: I know, crowd. yeah, yeah. That would be there at the moment. Like, match parking for us is a disaster as well. So they went to put double yellow lines where people would park for the match on Torrey Top Road. So where are they going to park? Only on the other road. What
1: usually happens for a big gig or a big match in Musgrave Park? Because you're near all of that. Like, do they... Well, they
4: do park on Torrey Top Road. They do, and they come down onto the roads, the off-roads as well for the parking. Like, it do be chaotic there. And If, if there's a Friday night, especially on a Friday night, if there's a Cork City match... A um, match in a uh, rugby match, and there's bingo then as well. So it's chaotic. It do be chaotic.
1: All right, let me talk to John on this actually because he thinks that the issue in your area could actually lead to a replication of some of the issues that we saw with regards to the water charges and protests like that. John, do you believe that?
6: I do indeed because I was at that meeting in Shannon uh, was there as well, and it was packed to, to the roof. to same night in the community centre in Ballyfeyhan,
1: all to do with taking away people's parking outside their homes, their streets, their shops. Cutting well, down I mean, trees—it's
6: it's, it's devastating. I mean, I've never seen a person cycle up that lane, uh, that hill, because it's pretty tough. If you want to be fairly fit to get up there, right? But what's proposed is on the left-hand side going up is to put in the cycle, take out trees, which the Greens should be all about uh, saving trees, and um, adding in a cycle lane there, which then is going to stop people pulling in outside of the, the businesses that there are sixty-one people employed in, right? Which means that's going to uh, affect our. So those businesses you know,
1: then wouldn't be able to get customers. Is it people in to spend money or you know, whatever the? Well,
6: that's that's the problem. They're going to have to park further up and then walk back. And like, you know, that won't suit everybody. Like so, I mean, those businesses are there a long time. Like I mean, I mean, I mean the, the, the shop, the shops. I mean, the hairdressers, the beauty salons, the cafes, the chemists, the whole lot. I mean, the shippers. I mean, it's hard enough to make a living. All you know, with what's going on at the moment. But what's proposed to the other side then with the yellow lines that people, as Sharon has, uh, has suffered that even people with funerals know, I mean, you could be clamped or you could be fined, you won't be allowed counter. Now what did come across, I was disappointed on the night with the councillors that turned up because to me, there's saw sheer anger, 100% anger that was in the room uh, against this Neil, right? And not one of them said, like, I mean, look, I can see how angry you are, and if all comes to all, if this goes ahead, we will stand with you guys. But, I mean, I said it on the night above. John Lannigan, who started the whole thing with the water campaign, was there. And all of, of, of us that was involved. And I said, look, I'm telling the councillors, I'm telling the two engineers, that if this, by any chance, that this goes ahead against the will of the people, this will turn into another direct action campaign, which won't the, the, the campaign yeah. against Watershed. You'd love that, anymore. though, wouldn't you,
1: John? Because you love a good protest campaign. Well, right? I, I, like, you can I, pro- like,
6: I, I, I love a protest, like you I mean, that's, uh, the, for the rights of the people. And I'll tell you something, right? If it does go ahead against the wishes of the people, the community will come out they will be backed up by the likes of myself and John Nannigan and all the other sides. Right? And there won't be one yellow line put down. I promise you this. Why, what will you do? What will, the, what
1: will the likes of well, those will, that came we out we for will, water do we, this time round?
6: Be, be, between our, our, the community and ourselves, we will be there when the workers will turn up. There will not be one yellow line put down. There will be no tree cut down. There will be no chips taken off of the water to put in cycle lanes. Direct action. The work will be stopped. And if the guardio are called, it'll be the same as the water campaign the last time. This is a civil matter. They'll be told, go away.
1: Okay, thanks for that. Let's wait and see if that happens. I want to chat, if I can, to Ronan Margie, just with regards to the changes to different aspects of the city. It's not just any particular area. You're looking at Dunkettle to the city, Mayfield, Blackpool, Holly Hill, Sundayswell, Ballancolic, Bishopstown, Toker, Airport Road, Kinsale Road uh, to Douglas, Maryborough Hill to the city, Mahan to the city. This is all big, huge changes in all of the areas where, where people live, for 12 new transport corridors. So I was talking there with regards to cycle lanes. The ones I was talking about earlier on and again now are bus lanes. One is to wonder whether this, when it actually happens and begins, is that when people will realize, oh my God, this is so in- insane. Or I mean, obviously some people are going to agree with it, but it's just so massive in its scale, we have to stop it. And would it lead to something like, uh, the water charges campaign and the protests that came about uh, for the water charges campaign. Anyway, Ronan Margie's across it, n- not necessarily just for his own area, which happens to be, I think, on the south side. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, Thank you, you for inviting notice, me. Are you talking about some aspects of it or all of it, just the sheer scale of it? Well, Neil, I
7: live in Douglas and and oh, I've, along with my local residents, we formed a, a community group that's um, real focus is on protecting our local environment and heritage of the area we live in, as well as looking to engage with improving public transport infrastructure in the region. I think with the climate change challenge that we face, none of us can deny that we need to change how we move around the city. Um, but I feel that the Bus Connects project, as it's outlined, and with particular reference to the route that affects our area, Douglas, is uh, disproportionately aggressive.
1: Why? Why is that way. one particularly disproportionately aggressive? How bad is that route? Well, I think all of the routes need to have some careful consideration.
7: But, but in Douglas, the route that the NTA have selected from Maryborough Hill through the village and then onto the Douglas Road, by their own admission and their own transport report, has the worst environmental impact of all the routes that they could have chosen. To put it in context... Our group has walked the road and done a tree survey on the road, and there's about 200 mature trees of varying age and various tree species that'll be eliminated. There's an excellent Douglas Biodiversity Action Plan that was published last year that describes the unique nature habitats that exist in the Douglas and urban area that Douglas is, and it particularly highlights the unique habitat that the old stone walls that line Douglas uh, and the Douglas Road, the, the the unique
1: habitat that they provide to the local environment. Because all of those, ho- a lot of those homes will lose front gardens, won't they?
7: Well, well, they'll lose more than front gardens, Neil. The road will become seventeen meters wide, just under seventeen meters wide. So to put that in context, seventeen meters wide is wider than the South Link Road. It's wider than a standard dual carriageway. So, so that what is being proposed is roads of that proportion on the twelve routes around the city. Now, if you go to the city development plan, Neil, I mean, Cork is a historic city. I'm not from Cork. I don't need to tell the people of Cork how old it is. It goes back to St. Finbar's settlement in the 6th century. So you're talking about a 1,500-year-old city that's built in a flood valley with hills on either side. Yeah. It's in, in the first paragraph of the Cork Metropolitan Area Transport Plan, they talk about the unique topography and geography of Cork and how it represents a challenge. And this proposal is going to plough horse and carts through all of the old medieval and pre-medieval areas of the city. But
1: how are people going to move around otherwise going forward? I'm assuming these buses will be electric anyway to begin with, will they? Yeah,
7: they will, yeah. That's the proposal when they phase out diesel engines that they'll move to an electric network. But You know, what we need to do in Ireland is stop talking about widening roads. There's a lot of international research that shows that road widening is counterproductive. It doesn't actually encourage people out of their cars. It won't actually change behaviour around car use. What we need to do... Might do though, if you
1: had more buses moving around faster and the journeys of the buses are shorter and they're more regular and more reliable, we'd all be encouraged uh, to get on a bus then, wouldn't we?
7: I'll I'll just come back to that We need to reallocate the existing road network. We don't need to rip up the character and fabric of Cork City to do that. And, you know, in the city development plan, all of these roads that we're talking about doing major infrastructure retro engineering on, they're actually recognized as as part of the unique built heritage of the city. And our city council says that they should be protected.
1: Now to come on here. Are they sitting on their hands on this? Incidentally, from the city manager down to all of the local councillors, they they don't seem to have any skin in the game, do they? This is the NTA well, and well, some well. international American group that have been brought in to work this out from Google Maps or something, is it?
7: Yeah, well, it does look like it's a bit of a desktop exercise in the first draft that they've circulated, for sure. I mean, they did rely on a North American consultancy company who has great expertise in planning North American cities, which are less than a couple of hundred years old, flat, built on a grid system. A grid so they system. lend themselves yeah. to these Integrated networks. But well, Cork exists from the 6th century. It's built on two uh, valleys, it's built on a floodplain. And what would apply in Houston, Texas, which was designed by this North American consultancy company, won't apply in Cork. Houston, Texas, is flat as a pancake. It's got a single hill that's 26 meters high. It just is not comparable. They have no experience of building something off the scale in a topography and geography like Cork. I just want to come back to your journey times on the bus. Yeah, because they did break down
1: each single journey time is significantly shorter. I've read all the different reports for all of the different corridors.
7: Well, I'll actually actually bring up, I'll I'll come back to that and say, but the journey time on the Douglas Road, for example, the average journey time with the current network, which was sampled in November 2019, is 13 to 16 minutes. With the exception of morning rush hour and it's 23 minutes with bus connects, assuming everything is built, it's going to be 14 minutes. So what that tells me is that we could achieve the same times of bus connects as it is at the moment, if we just addressed commuter traffic coming through Douglas village. And we had a traffic management plan for school drop off time. And just that specific
1: area alone, um, say the Douglas area, I think there was, I saw a stat on the screen there a while ago. It's it's disappeared now. The amount of actual gardens that would be taken away, 96, is it? Well, it's about 100 it's about 100 different properties on the north side of the douglas
7: road will be directly affected and this isn't gardens you know this is at least 8 meters of private property will be taken on the north side of the road for some of my neighbors that means that the front of their house will have to be reconstructed the road will be within a metre of their front door, one elderly couple that live on the road, their house won't be habitable, the road will come in through their sitting room. Another neighborhood But who'd sign of off their on their
1: that? Way. But who'd actually sign off on that plan? That a road <laughs> would come within a metre of your window or your front door.
7: But that's exactly the point. This was designed on a desktop remotely by people who don't know the city and they just basically took old ordnance survey maps and drew a red line. For a route that suits their agenda and i mean these routes are preordained, they're going back three or four years they're not actually emerging preferred routes they already decided where they wanted to have these bus corridors and now they're manipulating their route analysis to set their own agenda so if that and was a
1: hundred like, houses say for instance on that specific area of douglas yeah. would it be numerous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses when you look at the other four corridors for instance of course it would be uh, and then if i bring you back to
7: the point you raised about the nta's brochure that they prepared for each route i mean neil that is a marketing brochure they have an in-house team of marketing and social media campaigners and um uh, pr representatives that prepare these documents and you're talking about the key facts table that are in each of these rich documents these key fact tables are actually you know they're statistically flawed they're methodologically flawed they're presenting uh, information to overhype the benefit of their scheme. If I look at my route, they they, they they talk about the current bus journey time of up to thirty three minutes. That's actually disingenuous. meal thirty three minutes is the ninety fifth percentile. That's like the worst day in Douglas when you've got the worst weather. Uh, I see. The actual average journey time is 13 to 16 minutes, which is identical to what you'd achieve with BusConnect, but they don't say that. So this table actually should be renamed the Key Assumptions Table because it's not actually fact. And I've written to the NTA about this, and I've asked them to withdraw their documents, and they've refused to do it. So what happens next now? Because
1: what happens next now? Because residents, community associations, all special interest groups had an opportunity to pitch their concerns. That's now past, right? What stage are we at now?
7: So this is part as well of their sort of false advertising campaign. They're now talking about them being in the second or third stage of public consultation. This is the first stage that they've come to the public. They've come to the public in July and August uh, when people were away on holidays, when there was going to be poor levels of public engagement in the hopes that they could slide this in under the radar without people noticing the effect that this was going to have. Through a lot of local residents lobbying our local councillors and politicians, we managed to extend the public consultation to the 3rd of October. But that was almost very grudgingly done by the NTA. And when you go back into the previous redesign of the bus network, I mean, you're talking about a public engagement that consistently is held either in December in the run-up to Christmas or July and August yeah. and people are on holidays yeah. it's a deliberate tactic to avoid engagement with the public I, if, you look at the, if you look at the redesign of the bus network in the two public phases for the bus network consultation there was 1100 and 1200 submissions in each phase that's less than half a percent of the population of Cork actually engaged Okay so can I, I just ask you
1: finally because I'm out of time with only half a percent of the population of Cork actually engaging in this huge proposal will people sit up when it's too late then do you think?
7: That's the fear, Neil. I think that this will be too late and what we'll have done is we'll have ruined the fabric of the culture and the heritage and the historic identity of Cork City, putting in these massive public um, highways that ruin the character of the city when we can achieve exactly the same public transport the same bus network, the same cycle network if we just followed what has already been produced Mm. by the City Council and have the City Metropolitan Area Cycling Network Plan implemented and have the DLUTS plan implemented and have the Cork City Development Plan implemented. We don't need people remotely in Dublin who are unelected and not answerable to anybody telling people how to live their lives day in, day out in Cork and how they should move around their city. Okay. There are several plans from the city manager and from the city engineering and infrastructure department that address cycling and quarks that address public transport. And in Douglas, for example, they talk about, they recognize that it's physically constrained, that it's an old area of the city, that it's got a unique heritage. There's 56 listed structures on the Douglas Road that they want to interfere with. Um, And the city council has said that the solution in this area should be a one-way loop for cycling and a one-way loop for public transport between Douglas and the South Douglas Road. And for us that live in this area, city, that makes perfect sense to us. But for some reason, the NTA seem to think they know better. So I'd encourage everybody listening today to engage with us. Go online, write your letters, make sure you inform yourself of the impact of the plan and make your submission. We need to have a loud voice. We need to express the anger of the local people. And that needs
1: to be communicated back to the NCA. OK, OK. Do stay in touch, uh, Rona. I'll have to leave it there for now because I'm um, over time. Rona Margie, incidentally, uh, we did get in touch recently with the National Transport Authority. They said we don't have anyone available. Uh, as you know, public consultation is uh, is the way forward. So that was a media request that went unanswered with regards to a rep. Um, although I did have a conversation with the city manager recently, she has promised me that she will come on air and is keen to come on air Uh, we did contact the city manager's office this morning and the communications department of the council have told us that she's not available to talk this week but that she will come on and discuss that anything else in the foreseeable future back after 10
8: hey it's Dave join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home big hits loads of fun features and traffic info what more could you need join me weekdays from 4 Dave Max Drive
2: get it off your chest text the Neil Brinderville show now 086 8104
1: 106 Red FM alright uh, keep those calls texts and com- comments coming and I'll return to reams of other texts a lot of it actually that I must deal with is uh, comments on make, I was making earlier on with regards to trying to get a home or get on a property ladder uh, particularly if you're renting and trying to save for a deposit. like Paul makes a very interesting comment he says 30 years ago one person working with a family of three or four kids and one person at home could bring in enough money for a mortgage that was 30 years ago now house mortgages are seven times your salary at least even with two people working and one child in the house it's not attainable for many And that is all wrong. And that forces a renter's market. But Shaleo said to move in with the folks for a few years and save a few bob. It's not really all that joined up thinking and Paul is making that point. Michael says, I've been trying for a mortgage uh, for at least a year. Both of us are good earners. My wife is a nurse and I'm a supply chain analyst. In spite of those good jobs with good wages, we still can't get a mortgage. We don't even qualify for rebuilding Ireland loans. The council say we're above the combined income limits. Both of us are paying all of our taxes and have been doing so since we turned 16 years of age. So I'll come back to more texts and calls like that, but keep your own opinions coming. Text 868 James, good morning. Morning. It's an astonishing thing. Can I just share a story with you, if you don't mind? Because I know you're talking sure. about buses and cycling and things like that. I got a photograph sent to me this morning, right, of the inside of a bus, the upstairs and the down. I don't know whether you were aware this morning, but traffic was insane. And the text says this could be a good talking point. Traffic is insane this morning. The traffic between CUH and the end of the Corraheen Road meant that it took over 20 minutes to travel a distance that can take usually less than five minutes. Uh, I sat in traffic on this bus, which provided an interesting comparison as there wasn't a sinner on the bus with me apart from myself. How bad would the traffic be if this bus was even half full? And he sent me two photographs of the upstairs and the downstairs of the bus in peak traffic with cars chock-a-block and an absolutely empty bus except for one passenger. And they're losing money. uh, But why aren't people on the buses? Well,
9: It's an empty bus in peak traffic. They're not reliable. They're not running at the times people need them. That's the trouble. That's the trouble. Like, I mean, narrowing the roads is not going to solve the problem. All Keegan has uh, no, said... No, widening the business.
1: roads, they're saying. Widening the roads.
9: They're narrowing the roads at the moment. They're spending a million a day, uh, as a result of the programme for government created by the Green Party, on, wall, on pathways... Walkways and cycle lanes.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, because the cycle lane e- eats into the existing road. Okay, they've yeah.
9: eaten into it all over the place. Yeah, like I've, I mean, only I've, I've seen that in
1: Cork City actually. I've seen the cycle lanes that have taken chunks out of. Say, for instance, a good example Patrick of that Steve. would be. Yeah, yeah, the South Mall is a good example of it. To be honest, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, go to Kinsale; they've
9: virtually blocked the main street in Kinsale with the cars driven in instead of backed in because they've two. Two layers that have cycled in, and there's a footpath being used in the main street there.
1: But you know, with Bus Connect, for instance, if the roads are wider and buses have priority and they can move much faster, we wouldn't have an empty bus with one passenger this morning at no. 10 minutes past 8.
9: Well, where I live, the bus going to Cork gets to Cork at a quarter past nine in the morning. Too late? <laughs> an hour too late. I mean, the Dublin city manager has said they need to aggressively stop aggressively stop cars going into the city. They're spending a million a day, that's agreed by, and recently and Ryan has sent out a directive to the city councils to get this money spent. It's not being spent. Now, this is when we're homeless, hungry, and without power. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, where is this gone? Like, I mean, the electric car is another example. It's now, in an average car, if you buy an average electric car and an average uh, petrol car... The saving per annum is about a thousand euros in 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 running costs. Uh, if you charge it from home, if you charge it on the motorways, it's going to be much less. I mean, we're being fed. This are are you saying then? Are you
1: saying then that this whole electric car um, explosion and everybody should get one is a false narrative? That the savings are tiny? Is it? Niall, I
9: sold Volkswagen Golf diesels back in the seventies when there was when there were diesel was a pound cheaper than petrol. Yeah. It took 60,000 miles to save the difference. Yeah. And yeah. that was when everything was cheap. And that was, they were the first of the small economical diesels and they were doing about 50,000. Uh, uh, you would want to be doing 60,000 to save your difference or 20,000 a year. I mean, you need to do the maths on this. I mean, there's no infrastructure in place. I heard somebody on recently, maybe on your program, they were going to Castamberra, I think. That's and right. And find where they get a quick would they get charged yeah that's right yeah I mean people long ago builders used to go to see whether it get the kettle boiled like I mean this is what we're dealing with like this morning would be a bad morning on a, on a bicycle and like for now until March it will probably be bad mornings mostly on bicycles so who's
1: going to be on all of these bicycles they won't be they won't be students with a big sack on their back anyway
9: no 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 like would there be a mother with two children and a briefcase going to work
1: on a bicycle I don't
9: think anybody has built a bicycle to suit that particular type of person so like I mean we need to get rid that programme for government they're caught in the I don't think that Fina Fall or Finnegale particularly would, would go down this road but they've got no choice because there's a three-legged stool and if you take away one leg it falls over
1: so do you are you aware of this proposed possible congestion charge where people well a congestion charge is charging a motorist in a car money to come into the city isn't it
9: well I got caught with that congestion charge in London about 10 years ago yeah but like it, 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 it it's, it's not viable in places like Cork Like, I mean, how do you do congestion this morning? Say when congestion kicks in at eight, and you get stuck in traffic
1: for half an hour, and you miss your slot. You'd actually, would you, well, how does it work though? What do you mean by your slot?
9: How it works, or how it worked in England was, say it comes in, it kicks in at a certain time. Yeah, it kicks in at a certain time. So if you go in, I think four o'clock. It was just after four o'clock. I got caught, if my memory serves me right. And it it, it automatically recognises your number plate, and it was a rented car, and the summons was, or the the fine was back before I got home. And what and would it, it be? What big, would a
1: congestion charge typically be? It was, I think, that one was sixty pounds. That's the fine, is it? That, that was the charge. If you break the
9: congestion uh, deadline, that's your that's your fine. Right. It's not a five euro fine or pay for a ticket or. Go through a toll bridge.
1: Just you say, hey, cars, don't they all the same?
9: Well, but that's, that's my point. Like, I mean, that's, that's, the general, that's the general theory of all this. Like, I mean, to try and force them off.
1: But if we want to but save like, I mean, the planet, like, and give somewhere for our generations to come somewhere to live and breathe the air, we've got to do something.
9: I know that. But our best, like, I mean, there has to be a balance between sensibility and stupidity.
1: That's true, that is true.
9: You know, yeah. somewhere there, like, I mean, some of this is not... I mean, where I live, there is no bus service. There's no, there will never be a bus service there because it's not viable. Like, from Westport, there's a coach coming in and out there several times a day, a private venture. Great service. But, you know... Limited. It's not to yeah. carry in the people.
1: Yeah, limited, all it's right. Just,
9: and there isn't enough people to make it viable.
1: Okay, okay. I like
9: to put huge money um, into that, what you call it, the Transport for Ireland?
1: Well, Bus Connect is going to be an absolute shocker for people.
9: Well, like, I mean, think of all those... Like, I mean, you cut down trees <laughs> I to save... I just don't get that, like, I mean, you cut down trees to put it in bus lanes to help the environment.
1: Let me talk to Stephen. Let me good. talk to Stephen. Thanks, James. Appreciate you taking the call. Yeah. Now, good morning to you. Stephen, hi. Neil, how's it going? Okay. Um, There's another amazing one in peak traffic this morning <laughs> of the photographs to prove it. An entire bus with one passenger and yet left and right of the bus, front and back of it, traffic backed up. I heard delays being mentioned on the Red FM breakfast show this morning, and yet the bus is empty. Why, like?
10: Delays all over the city. i just seen another bus there. It came up Roster Avenue, big double-decker bus, one
1: person sitting in the back of it. Do you that's see that, that often, though? I think in your that's, text that's you said thing. that you see buses every day when you go to work with one and two people on it.
10: That's it. And where are they going? What are they doing? They're probably going to Mortaville. They're probably going into the, the library. Nobody is doing anything productive on a bus. The biggest workforce we have in the country is construction. Nobody in construction can use a bus. Right now, the country needs houses. Nobody can build a house using a bus. No apprentices can start jobs through a bus. You also have taxi drivers. We have loads of Ama- Amazon drivers, loads of DHL drivers. None of them are ever going to use a bus. Yeah. What's so, the bus actually going to be used? The
8: bus is t- the circulator, t- in my again. mind, hey, for leisure.
1: It- no, that, well, okay. The, I suppose that's an aspect of why you use a bus for for leisure. You might want to go in and do a bit of shopping or a walk around. But also, you want to go to school on the bus. You want to possibly go to college on the bus. You want to be at work for nine o'clock on the bus.
10: Yeah, I don't think so. Neil. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't like. Like to just imagine a bus stop across from my house down On by town if every mother decided to take our two kids to school in a bus,
1: we wouldn't be able to handle it. But why does she have to go if, with them? Just so put
10: them on the bus. On oh, the bus. Yeah. No? I suppose she could, like, but then you're going to have a lot of kids standing at a bus every morning. It's, I just thought, I just, it's not a viable option, like, it's not. But people the kids day, stood kids at buses
1: years ago. We might have even got a wedding, like, it's just the way it was. Now it's, it's, now it's cars and SUVs and Jeeps and all sorts of things parked in outside schools and parked in housing estates just so that mammy or daddy can drop their child out of the school gate. Yeah,
10: because it's for convenience, Neil I I, I thought we lived in a democracy where the world was for the majorities It seems like we're putting in these cycle lanes, no bus lanes for the minority of the people, like It's not going to suit the vast majority of people, like At all, like
1: Yeah It, it, it Uh, It reminds me of, you know, almost like the National Rifle Association in America Like, out of my cold, dead hand, I will not give up my car Do you know what I mean?
10: Yeah, but it's just not viable in this country, Neil. It's bad. No, no means give give another month. You'd have snow. <laughs> we want not have snow, but it gets cold. It gets wet. It gets
1: windy here. And you'd that kids, that kids, then kids doesn't schooling. lend itself to a climate where somebody would be on a push bike or standing waiting for a bus. No. Yeah, hope. I get you. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: just we crazy, like.
1: All yeah. right, my man. Thanks for that. Cheers, cheers, Stephen. Take care. Text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break.
2: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818-104-106, Red FM.
1: And people do, they call every day. Sean, good morning. How are things, Neil? I, things? I think I, I think you believe I dropped the ball with Tommy Gould, is it? I don't think you have the ball in your hand at all. Okay, explain to me why you think that, please, <laughs> if you don't mind.
11: Um, well, you, you've you been talking about it for the past few days there, uh, and you were going to uh, quiz him on... Well, he got paid.
1: Yeah. And you didn't. Okay, okay. Thought I did. I thought I did.
11: I no, thought I did. no. You, you, as all, the only information I have is that he is not taking pay increases. He gets 91 grand a year. Yeah. And then you went on to leave him talk about, uh, what's it, North Link Road and hospitals on the north side. And-, and the
1: misappropriation well, of money that's being spent by present governments. But why, how much no, more... No, could the,
11: the present the
1: present government is not misappropriating money. Well, that's it depends money. on where you think they should be spending it, I suppose.
11: But everybody's entitled to a cut of what the government gets. I get it, you get it. Everybody gets it.
1: Last time I checked, we have to pay for everything we get in this country.
11: No, we don't.
1: Okay. Okay. But just look like, can I just stay on the topic of you know, exploring his salary. What more could I have asked him with regards to how much they yeah. earn, how much their expenses yeah. are, what do they give back to the exchequer? There was no more to see there. But you didn't get any answers to that. I did. A man told me that they didn't take the ten grand increase over the last two years. Yeah. They're not taking the seven grand increase that yeah. they're getting this autumn. Um yeah. and they're staying on ninety one grand Plus their yes. v- expenses. Um, how much
11: are their expenses?
1: I think it varies. Uh, I mean, I can get that uh, how, statistic how much, for
11: you. Okay. How much are his expenses? Did you ask him?
1: No, that's a good question. I didn't no. ask. I didn't ask him no, that. You,
11: you didn't. You didn't ask any questions
1: like that. I think that the way the expenses work is they all get a set amount. I can find I, out what the figure is.
11: I if they get a set amount, why didn't you ask him?
1: Okay. <laughs> good question. S- simple. Okay. Okay, so no, I, need if, to, if, I need to I need to determine. I wonder
11: if the Leo Veradker that was on there you would have torn into No, not so not so much so with uh, Michal Martin the T-shirt.
1: Okay, right. You think yes. I have well in the sense that I have my favourites, is it? I I would think that you're biased. Yes, not against any particular political party. No, I mean. Okay. <laughs> I am okay, sa- not
11: even talking about political parties. I'm talking about.
1: I have the same amount of apathy. For all of them. But you constantly
11: refer to Leo Varadkar as Varadkar. That's,
1: that's rude, really. You know I don't what? constantly refer to him as Varadkar. Yeah,
11: yes, yes, you do.
1: Are you a member yes, of a political... Can I just ask, are you a member of a political party that you think uh, I have... Uh, that I have bias towards my... Ab-
11: absolutely not. Right. Okay. H-
1: never have been. So other than never the aspect been. of the expenses... Is there anything else that I should have been drilling in on?
11: No, th- this is what you had him on for, but you left him go on waffle on about northing roads and hospitals and never even asked well uh Oh yes, I asked mean-
1: him in the in the event of say Sinn Fein ever being oh. elected into government, yeah. would they commit to a north side hospital? That's kind of oh. important to people's health in Cork, you know?
11: Abs- absolutely. But did you uh, explore it and say have you cost us where will the money come from? No. They, they, these things, they're all pie in the sky, like, we'll do this, and we'll do that. All of the political parties say it, but when it comes down to it, they can't afford it.
1: Sorry, not they can't afford it, we can't afford it. But they can afford £700 million for Bus Connect. They can afford the bones absolutely. of £270 million for the McCroom Bypass.
11: Uh, uh, absolutely, and I'm, I'm delighted with the McCroom Bypass. And so was Tommy. I don't want to spend uh, half an hour, an hour trying to get through mm,
1: don't but w- to would you not But would you not suffer that half an hour trying to get through McCroom in the knowledge that more no. people were having houses built? No. Oh, okay.
11: Because there's room to build houses. Well, that is despicable what has
1: gone on with houses. It really is. But do you not think that maybe a billion euro could be better spent on building affordable housing, social housing, houses it, that people can live in? It could if the billion was available but it's needed for other things as well. Yeah, but if Ireland was run like a company, you would move money around and change budgets according to your needs. Uh,
11: Absolutely. Absolutely. But you wouldn't let one department die because you took money away from it.
1: I know that. uh, Well, I know that. Anyway, I think I have a statistic for you. Tommy Gould claimed €4,309.58 in parliamentary expenses 1st June, is it? So multiply that up by twelve, I suppose, uh, and you'd be looking at uh, maybe uh, fifty-two grand. Fifty-two grand, yeah. Okay.
11: That's a to- that's a thousand a week. Yeah. Well, I I'd love to be getting a thousand a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's on top of a salary of nearly two thousand a week. That's three thousand a week.
1: Yeah, so a typical t- politician who does take all of the wage increases would mean no, that we're not they,
11: talking about t- we're not talking about typical politicians. We're talking about the
1: men that you interviewed. One hundred and eight you know, thousand plus one hundred and eight thousand plus fifty one. Uh, why, mean why, that
11: why are you going on about other politicians? We like, were talking about Tommy Because
1: Gould. I want to go on about other politicians who <laughs> that, are not who are taking that, the full that, amount. I mean, it's that, a reasonable, it's a reasonable figure to give out, right? A, it, is, it, it is a reasonable you, figure to give out. But you want to
11: put your own side on this. No, no, you, you talking, won't allow me we to give ta- out the full figure. Why? Do we you, were talking about Tommy Gould. Yeah. True or false? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you're talking about Tommy Gould. Why are you talking about other people?
1: Because I want to talk Bet about to the other knows, politicians as well.
11: That to me knows a distraction. No, you invited Tommy Gould on. Nobody else.
1: One hundred and eight.
11: You didn't, you didn't invite anybody else on. Just Tommy Gould. I was very impressed listening to Tommy Gould. By the way, so it's one hundred and sixty grand, be, I grand be for a all. Okay, supporter, but I'm I'm just saying that. I'm saying that you had a man on the radio and you didn't have these facts in front of you.
1: Which facts? The facts for expenses? Yeah. I'll give you that. I I give you that. I accept you're right in that
11: regard.
1: I didn't ask ask the amount, the expenses. You're right.
11: That's the only point I wanted to make, was that... But you won't let me me
1: add the expenses onto a Fianna Fáil TD or a Fianna Gael TD. Why?
11: You can if you like. Hundred and sixty thousand.
1: Mind. Thanks for allowing me to do that. Hundred and sixty thousand.
11: There's no, there's no thanks you can do it anyway. Yeah. Like you have the off button there that you can
1: push. It no, I don't. It. I don't want to have an off button. I, I, I accept what you're saying. You know what you're talking about. I have no issue with that. Um, you are right. I should have asked and drilled into the expense number. I didn't, and I apologise for that. But, but other okay. than that, that's, other than that, what, why? Can I just, fi- finally, would you, are you in fear of a change of government? Is, is, that, is that what your issue is?
11: Not in the slightest. Good. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. Because things will continue
11: as they always have. That's the nature of
1: politics. But what are we going to do about that? Because you sound as apathetic about the whole lot of them as I am.
11: I'm not that apathetic about them. There's I'm, a lot of them doing very good work. I'm punch drunk
1: by the whole lot of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, okay. You're not? I
11: understand that, and, and People are but there's a lot of good happening.
1: There really, really is an awful lot of Where where? Show me where
11: where? In hospitals.
1: Million people on waiting lists. One hundred and twenty thousand of them children.
11: Okay. A million people on waiting hold on now. A million people on waiting lists. A nice figure. The population of the Republic is five million. That would suggest that one in five people are on a waiting list. I don't know of anybody that I know on a waiting list. Do you?
1: On the basis of this radio program, on a daily and weekly basis, thousands of them, I would know. They're
11: not... How many people do you talk to every day? How many people do you
1: get messages from? I am inundated with people I, criticising the health system. The
11: people working I, I, in the I, I health system
1: are criticising the health system. Yeah, yeah, I could criticise the health system too. But you singled like it out as it. being a good thing in this country. Nah, look, I, I no, understand, no, Sean. I, I don't didn't. want to give you grief. I, I, don't. I
11: don't. No, no, it's, it's all I, I didn't. I've had several health issues. And any time anything came up, I was met. And I was made well and dealt with well and okay. treated well. Okay. Of course, people would be screaming at the radio now, wondering
1: whether or not you have VHI were. or layer or anything.
11: I have medical insurance. Yeah. Right, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've I've always had it. There was times I couldn't afford it, but I always had it. On the other side of that, I've been waiting since last March for an appointment. A private appointment. I mean that's that's the nature of things.
1: Right. Yeah, there are many that couldn't exactly. afford private health insurance and believe that they should be entitled to it free uh, at point they, of use, like the UK. They, they they believe
11: the UK has its problems too, Neil. I, know, I, know,
1: know. I know, I know, I know. So
11: nothing is perfect. I I'm just saying that I have gone through A&E in the past year, and I would have to describe in the Cuh I would have to
1: describe it as faultless. Faultless. Well, you're lucky because oh, the last yes. time, the last time that we were there, we just left and went home. So you were lucky. Yeah.
11: yeah. Well, maybe you didn't need to be there
1: <laughs> if you could leave and go home. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was somebody who needed to be there and did need to be there. Or, well,
11: I, but they left, so yeah.
1: they didn't need to be there. Well, I mean, I've spoken, I've spoken to people on the air in this program very often. Uh, last week, or the week before last, which Hapu's whose mother was sitting on a stool. In the A and E for ninety two hours.
11: She was not sitting on a stool for ninety two hours between the stool between I, the
1: stool and the gurney or the bed in the A and E. It was ninety two okay. hours.
11: And it was I, if if I was there in a bed or on a gurney, I would certainly sit on the stool, and then I would go back into the bed when I felt like it. You were just being what what would you call it?
1: Selective, uh, is it?
11: Selective, yeah. And, and you're kind of making a, a point. But you're, but but you're, being, the, selective. You, you're being selective. you no. were being selective when you
1: say that your your experience in the a and was fantastic. I'm equally yes. being selective of a, a man whose mother, uh, at, at one stage, for every year of her life, was, uh, was on a, a trolley or a bed for one hour of every year of her life. That,
11: that, that, that's fine.
1: Yeah. What you said initially was that she was sitting on a stool for 92 hours. <laughs> She was, she was 92 hours in total in the A&E
11: but you said she was sitting on a right, stool
1: ok well listen All right. ok accept that but she certainly wasn't uh, experiencing uh, what you experienced you know, in the A&E uh, and what uh, many others experience in the A&E
11: I have no doubt about that but what are people's expectations
1: better than that I would have thought
11: no if I went there and if I was waiting for 48 hours so be it there's obviously somebody in there that needs attention more than
1: I do. It's not as simple as that. It's more complex than that.
11: O- obviously, obviously, but we can't just get what we want when we want it. Okay, that's
1: not the nature of life, is it? No, can't get everything you want, but we can strive to no. do things better.
11: No, which which reminds me or brings me back to your interview with uh, Tommy Gould. Tommy Gould, yeah, and he said they're going to build a hospital in the north side. I'd love that. I remember when um, the Northern Infirmary was there. And it used to close work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then they decided, yeah. Hall Martin decided, no, we're going to get rid of all of these hospitals. We're going to have one oh, centre oh, of no. excellence we, and we build we a huge know. big yes, machine. We up do, We there. know.
11: Yeah. There's no need to knock Hall Martin or else. I'm saying I remember when the Northern Infirmary
1: was there. You also remember if, who closed it then.
11: Yeah. It was a great asset. Now, you build a new hospital in the north side, brilliant, whatever it would cost. Who's going to staff it? They can't get nurses, they can't get doctors, they can't get consultants. They would if they paid
1: them properly. They're paid very well. They're not paid half enough.
11: How much should they be
1: paid? Uh, Well, certainly they wouldn't be going to Australia, New Zealand, Canada and America.
11: Of course course they would.
1: Carpenters,
11: Carpenters do it for the experience. People do it just to travel around. That's the nature of life now. The concept of permanence is no longer relevant. So there was a time when people used to go into a job and stay People don't do it anymore.
1: So we send them through college and we intern them in our hospitals. How, how we go, we we go through the entire through, process to, how do we for them, them to leave them the country. College.
11: How do we send them through college?
1: In many different ways. First of all, how, we, crea- we create college places Secondary, secondly, we subvent much of the cost to help them to go through college, which is a wonderful thing because in America you run up hundreds of thousands of dollars in yeah. student fees. Then we put them into our hospitals to train them as interns. We move them around hospitals. We move them into different facets of medicine. We treat them really badly when they're going through training. We pay them crap Absolutely. money. Um, and, then, and then, of course, when they qualify and they're ready to, go, to, to actually take up the profession full time, um, they're off to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. that's not yeah. natural you know that shouldn't be happening
11: but, but that has always been happening
1: no never as much as now
11: uh, no, GPs, GPs in this
1: country now are not taking on new clients or new patients GPs in this country are not taking yeah. on they're saying no to medical cards that is not natural
11: yeah. no it's not but they're loaded up that's what I'm saying where do you get the doctors from
1: you pay them properly ok what is the doctor paid what is an SHO and a hospital paid now, do you know? I have no idea. I mean, I can, I can hazard yeah. a guess, but I can find out. Well, what's the nurse paid? Different rates of pay, depending how long in the job. Uh, yeah, that's the same with any job with the government.
11: But what, what is the maximum nurse's rate About of
1: pay? 44 grand. Uh,
11: would you go way? No? Higher or lower? I, I'd say it's way higher. I'd say you're pushing up around 70.
1: Um, the average nurse salary in Ireland for the year 2022 is 43,968 euro, or 22.55 an hour. Where did that figure come from? I all right, I can I I get all the statistics you want, but you're going to second yeah, no, guess no, no, every no, single turned, statistic. I, I
11: know that, but I would have thought it was more. I don't know. I have I, don't rel- know. I have relatives nursing. You know. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. And it's way more. Let's serious. let's let's get other callers on on the basis of what you've yeah, had to um, say. How about that? Uh, that's perfect listen thank you Neil and oh thank you for taking the call and for coming on here do appreciate it take care Sean bye bye text 0868104106 on that or anything else that's on your mind love to get a response to my conversation with Sean Uh, Dan is standing by and so is Olga can I just take a break thank you (laughs) Talk to Neil
2: Prenderville now, 0818-104-106, Cork's
1: Red FM. So regards to one of the points that uh, Sean was making, although these are not his words, I think somebody's picking up and it's saying that one of the issues regarding our healthcare system is that some people just bleed the health system, will never work a day in their lives. All you'll ever hear is, I'm entitled to this, I'm entitled to that, and I'm entitled to the other. And it's all just pure greed. Keep those texts coming, text 0868-104-106. Dan, good morning
12: morning, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, what
1: aspect of this morning's conversations did you wish to pick up on?
12: So, I just wanted to talk about um, TDs who plaster.
1: You some need to move around there, Dan. It's a shocking phone line.
12: One second there now. Sorry. All right. Sorry. My COVID had around this summer and still, not, I'm just getting back to myself.
1: Oh, how are you feeling? Um, I,
12: do you know what? I'm okay now, but for a good part of the summer, and I, I was banjaxed. Banjaxed. So, I was. Um, Long COVID. Laid out. I wouldn't say long COVID now because it's, it's not as bad as what I've read other people have, have had, Like, but um shook and, you know, yeah, I got over it, but jeez, I don't want to go through it again. Okay. I, I know it's probably not going to kill
1: me, but i shook after it. So and you know? mentally, were you drained as well? Did it really get you down? or physically or hammered? Like
12: I physically hammered and you know what? My brain, I felt um, this brain fog thing yeah. where I wasn't uh, as sharp or, you know, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm early 40s, like, but I just... Just kind of like wow moments going Jesus I'm, I'm not right you know
1: Lose your train of thought <coughs> yeah completely I don't forget what you're talking yeah. about I know so it's a Funny funny mad you know Alright well listen glad it's that fair. you're recovering um, Okay so you want to I think it has to do with uh, TD salaries and claiming expenses and yeah, stuff exactly.
12: Yeah exactly No no I'll tell you what it is It's just it's kind of it's a bit of a bugbear of mine and I just ask you the next time you, you have a TD on from whatever political party and they're they're um, Parade in the fact that they gift back the increase and they refuse the increase. Just ask them because they all put photos of the farm up on on uh, social media, and we've all seen it. That I XTD hereby gift under Section Four A Three of the Taxes Consolidation Act uh, the, the the amount of the increase. But actually, you know, unfortunately, and I'm sorry for all their fans, they're fooling them because that section allows you to claim. Uh, um, to offset against your 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 income and actually take claim a... Uh, 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 see this is my brain that working oh, for
1: god's sake you get a tax credit <laughs> on the amount they gave back you get a tax credit so their tax, tax on what tax they f- kept is lower again
12: yeah so let's say I'm, I'm let's say i'm earning 100 euros i know what right? you're going
1: to say yeah
12: yeah so they're they're actually they claim tax relief for the amount so they actually end up increasing their net take home so their net take home is the same as if they had gifted it back right which is fine because they still gifted it back but there's no actual net effect for
1: the tax for
12: for the so there's no uh, net
1: effect to the state and there's no net deficit to them no so you think it's a PR stunt do you
12: it's a PR stunt because they you know they're they're increasing their net take home to roughly it could be a few euro roughly what it would have been if they got the increase yeah and everyone thinks that they're brilliant men and women for handing it back yeah It's a joke. Like, you know, you, you have to look at why these TVs publish the form. Look at me. I filled out this form. I hereby gift... This amount under the tax Consolidation Act, and that's what the, that's what it allows us to. Do, and you also have president. to
1: you also have to wonder whether it's a directive from Sinn Fein HQ that they do that. I, I never mean, said Sinn Fein. now
12: I'm sure there might be several others doing it. But well, I know that
1: McBarry from? takes the average industrial wage. I d- believe that he he draws down the whole salary, takes the average industrial yes. wage, and distributes the rest then to causes. I believe.
12: Well. I know people before Profit, Paul Murphy and all them lads, and somebody should should TV say they take it home, but the party, etc. it goes into their central funds. It doesn't go back to me or you to build a better road surface for us going to work and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of PR. They're fooling people who are easily fooled, and it's just people need to understand like that these lads are, you know, whether they hand it back or not, are, are making no loss, and there's no gain to the the
1: people who are being okay. you know pay, paying tax. Good so man yourself. Good people man. People need to realise this. Thanks, Dan. Right. Uh, good luck with the recovery. Thanks for coming on here. Air. Challenging you, and all Thanks. as it was. Appreciate it. Aga. Good. good morning.
13: Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm
1: good. Um, yeah. Okay. We're back to uh, the way we travel, whether it's buses or bicycles or the motor car, or electric cars or shanks mare or walking. What do you make of it all?
13: Yeah, I'm I'm extremely frustrated and I suppose I, I had a little rant there in my text here there um, 20 minutes it's ago. It's a long
1: one, so it's better to chat to you, have <laughs> said, yeah.
13: Yeah, I suppose my, my issues at the moment is the state of our city centre and then they rerouted all the traffic on the 9th of August, all up our keys, but they never finished the roadworks on our keys before they rerouted the traffic so it's just a nightmare at the moment it is. and uh, I'm not just talking in indeed the, the last few mornings Are you talking about Patrick's Key
1: or, Key or Penrose Key I'm place. talking
13: about Penrose Key Patrick's Key Brian Brew Bridge is it Camden Place is that, that what you call the lower one there as you go over Patrick's Key towards um, Chris Ring Bridge there is that Camden Place
1: that's what that's should, called yeah. ok I'll take your word for but, it
13: but Neil it's all down to like you, you're Camden driving Key along low, I'd say you're talking about Camden Key maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're driving along lovely, everything is great, next bang, it goes down to one lane. And then you've got cars coming in, you go over them. If you just even go to the junction of Brian Brew Bridge, where the new traffic layout now is that you turn right to go up towards Leisure to head up to Summerhill North, the, all the traffic lights are out of sequence. So the traffic is being blocked on McCurtain Street coming on to Brian Brew Bridge. So that in turn is affecting the junction of. Patrick's key there, do you know, the traffic lights. And then you've got big, huge, wide footpaths that could be used as a right-hand lane. And then all of a sudden you drive along it's two lanes that's into one. Do
1: you know McCurtain Street? Yes, do you, you seem to drive the city a lot, do you?
13: Um, well, my son goes to school in the city centre, yes. Right.
1: Do yes. you know when you drive down McCurtain Street and you cut these kind of uh, rubbery footpaths on the left and right?
13: Yes.
1: What are they, what are they for?
13: I don't actually know. Ugly is probably all you could describe them as. Um, I don't know whether they are just, they raise the height of the footpath, maybe is it for people getting on the bus? I don't know. mean, ah, they're about
1: five or six feet wide, like these additions They to
13: are, the they are. But if you actually look at the footpaths, all going up all up the keys now, I mean, Derek Brooks could set up for his concert at the <sighs> weekend on them like they're so white. And there's no purpose to them. Yeah, I know. I mean, that. I don't know why they're making all these footpaths so wide. They're making the road smaller. And, like, there's nowhere for the traffic to
1: go. You know that it's to discourage people from driving.
13: I get that. But, unfortunately, not everybody is in a position to be able to get the bus to work. Or, you know... Would you your son...
1: I mean, I don't mean to overly personalise, but would he be able to get a bus to school?
13: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he does get the bus at different times. And, like, we carpool. A carpool with friends of ours. They bring them in and I collect them or they get the bus. Right. But my my issue is... This isn't even in the last few days. I'm going back in the middle of August on a Wednesday at one o'clock. I had to get, I was actually going to Brutavent to get my car serviced, so I had to get over the city. The Dunkettle and the tunnel are just You're not oh. getting
1: a mechanic in the, can you not get a so mechanic in the That's where I got car.
13: the car, that's where I got the car, so I had to bring it back.
1: Yeah, I got for you, the for service. warranty, yeah, yeah, yeah.
13: So on a one o'clock, on a Wednesday, middle of August, nothing really major happening. It took me 30 minutes to get from the junction on Penrose Quay to Camden Key. I know. I mean, I know. 30 minutes meal, really. And but- I'm looking across at Merchant's Key, and there's not a car in sight. Not a car in sight.
1: And what are they doing?
13: They've shifted all the traffic from the quay, so you cannot go up Merchant's Key now anymore and go over Christie Ring Bridge. You now have to if you come up and you come up Parnell Place you have to go right to Parnell Place, go left onto Brian Brew Bridge and then go left
1: onto Patrick's Quay. Please, <laughs> you know where you're going. You're one of the lucky ones. Like-
13: but the, the, it, it's my frustration because I'm sitting in the traffic that I know what's happening. But my big issue is maybe this is a greater good, and in the end, it could all work out really well. But they've rerouted all the traffic without having the roadworks complete.
1: So but wouldn't we be freaking out if they didn't do the roadworks in the summer and they did them in the autumn? Like we'd be cribbing then as well.
13: Okay, yeah, but that's fine. But at least you would have had the option where you would have been able to go up Merchant's Key and go over Christy Ring Bridge like we always can't did. anymore. No, you can't. Now they're rerouting the traffic all in the one direction, going north side, but then that whole area is all on roadworks as well, so it's all down to one lane. I just think, you know, with the rain we're experiencing at the moment, I'd say the rest of the week is just going to be a nightmare for people. And there's people that have to travel that route every single morning or every single evening. They just don't have a choice. All right. But I just think, you know, Cork City Council, while the greater good might be what's in their eyesight I just think at the moment they're just turning people from going into town it's just a nightmare well the city
1: manager did tell me recently because I happened to meet her in, inside in town at at an event during the Cork um, Fork Week you know when all of the food festival yes. was on and she said to me that we're here we're at A and we need to get to B and there's a journey that we have to go through to get there uh, it will be worth it in the end she said
13: and, and, I, and I do believe that you know and, and let's hope that that is the case but I think, you know, they're putting people on a journey that's unnecessarily at the moment. That if they had fixed A, it would flow naturally to B. Okay. okay. You know, a lot easier. But again, look, you know, this is what they do with the roads in Ireland, unfortunately. Okay. And all they're doing is they're pouring petrol on the flames, literally, in the city centre at the moment. It's okay. Just Happy
1: driving. Disaster. Don't give yourself a banger.
13: I won't. I won't. I'll
1: keep listening to you, Neil, and I'll I'll be fine. Keep calm. All right. Thanks, Olga. Cheers. Thanks, Olga. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Regarding your your post uh, online about what people would like to see in the next budget, I, for one, speak for probably hundreds, if not thousands of people out there who would love to be full-time carers for their child. I'm a mom to a child with lots of complex medical needs, lots of hospital appointments, surgeries, 24-7 care. It's had a very draining effect on us as a family, but especially the fact that because my husband has a good job, which thankfully pays well, but he's over the threshold, it means we are means tested and I cannot become my daughter's full-time carer. This has a huge impact on us as what he earns goes in one hand and out the other. Between the cost of bills, mortgages, insurance, food, schooling, activities for my other daughter, diesel get from A to B, and just everyday life to survive, it's an absolute joke. That they look at what is coming into the household, but not what goes out. We are at the moment only a one wage income, so our money is stretched. I'd love it for once this government listen to people and help those who would really benefit from it. Just some small changes would go a long way. I know that people who are listening are sick of hearing the same ding-dong from others, but in this day and age, people need to start fighting for what they need instead of this government uh, dictating what we can have. Love listening, keep up the good work. That's by uh, Deirdre, email neil at uh, redfm.ie and we'll come back after 11. I'm Rory.
6: And I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench.
2: That's the Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106, Red FM. This is The Neil Frienderville Show.
1: All right, uh, I'll take a call in one second if you don't mind. Just talk to John. But a massive response there all morning on different topics. Where do I begin? Let me just start with my conversation with Sean. Uh, Sean is more is more worried about having a pop off Neil he's not making any sense no he made an awful lot of sense and he was right to pick me up in the expenses question I accept it I have no problem with criticism uh, he's very quick to criticise Neil about saying Varadkar instead of Leo Varadkar but Neil also says Tommy instead of Thomas Gould he should be respectful to all ok I will never call him Tommy Gould Again, uh, a lot of other people then are saying things that I won't. Uh, I won't read out with regards to Sean because it's not fair. He's entitled to his opinion. But some of the ones that are broadcastable, um, uh, one or two of them are. Uh, Neil said he would ask what was the salary of Sinn Fein because they apparently live off a living wage. He never asked Tommy Gould what his take-home salary is and what did he give Sinn Fein? The chap talking now is spot on. Neil left Tommy off. Well, um, can I just can I just answer that? Uh, he keeps all of the salary. He gives nothing to Sinn Féin. I thought that was apparent in the conversation. But what he doesn't take and what other members of Sinn Féin don't take is the seven grand that's coming up and the ten grand from the last two years. Um, but the rest of it, 91,000, uh, they keep for themselves as their take-home pay. I thought that was apparent. Uh, your man there seems to have a major stick up his backside. He doesn't seem clued into reality at all. And he thinks he knows it all, refuses to listen to any point countered. Wouldn't it be great if we could all live in this bubble that he lives in thinking that there is nothing wrong in Ireland? This kind of thinking is exactly why the country is in the sorry state that it's in. Uh, that man said that if he had to sit in the emergency department for 48 hours, then so be it. Well, he obviously has never experienced that experience itself. The man you're speaking with right now on the radio uh, stating the government is doing a good job and loads of good is happening. The healthcare system is a disaster. Our homeless have little to no help. People can't afford coal or heating for their homes. Minimum wage isn't livable. And meanwhile, the whole government is getting yet another pay increase. Is he for real? And one other one that came in then, uh, which, oh yeah, here it is, with regards to... uh, Um, whether or not we pay those in the medical profession enough. I'm a nurse. That gentleman on the phone is very wrong. Nurses are paid on an incremental yearly basis, a scale of up to 10 years qualification, and then you stay on that salary for three years. Then at 13 years, you receive the last available increase. This is public information. A staff nurse salary peaks... At €49,000, and that is once you've been nursing for 13 years. It stays at €49,000 until the day you retire. Meanwhile, in contrast, teachers get pay incrementals every year until 25 years qualified, up to the sum of €70,000. So for to take those stats as being accurate, and I'm assuming the nurse is giving me accurate stats, which I know I'm obliged to check, the difference between being a nurse and being a teacher is uh, 49,000 is the peak for a nurse and 70,000 the potential peak for a teacher. So thank you for that. Text 0868 if you want to pick up on that conversation. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, meanwhile, just staying on that topic then with regards to what we pay the medical profession and my, and my conversation with Sean, was it? That's right, Jan, Neil. I just um, picked
5: up on it there because um, I just happen to know of two young nurses who are just about to leave for Australia, you know, and from the HSE. And um, the reason they're actually leaving is uh, because of the stress of the job due to their health and safety concerns for the yeah. patients. Yeah, So it's not
1: necessarily just being paid enough. It's just that uh, they're worried about health and safety, the quality well, of the job. Yeah, It's, uh, it's about... Uh,
5: um. Obviously, pay is, is is important, but their main concerns is their mental health, where they're uh, so sort of stressed out from um, the uh, safety concerns they have for the patients that, that they're nursing. You know, they're Do out they worry?
1: Do they worry about the care that they can give? Is that what you're saying? That's it. That's
5: exactly it. Yeah, they've been trained. You know, and um, they're in the in the in the HSC system, and uh, they're in their twenties. And um, they're actually so stressed out that they said, "We can't, we can't, for our own health, we can't actually continue doing this job." So they're upping and leaving, going to okay. Paris you know.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's not that they want to change professions or career paths; they're happy no, in no, it, no. but want to do Absolutely. it somewhere they expect it to be better. Is it?
5: Exactly. Will it be better yeah. though? Well, I don't know, but I mean, this is this is they this is what they see here. You know? They see the, um, the benefit. The, the they cannot stay it's so stressful working in the hospitals now. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. the other point I want to pick up about Michal Martin, um, I mean, um, 20 years ago, we had um, actually 2,100 hospital beds in the country, and now we have 1,400 hospital beds. And Michal Martin was... Is that good, all? Are you uh, sure active. that's an
1: accurate figure? I mean, I'm obliged to check yeah. it, but that seems very um,
5: i I've, 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 You can check it, but um, I'm quoting... I'm, I'm somebody who's, who's
1: done the research you know you're saying because I'm asking the lads here that you're saying that 20 years ago was it? yeah we had over uh, 2,100 hospital beds 2,100 hospital beds 20 years 2, ago 1, and 1, now we have 1,400 1,400 yeah yeah Should there must be five or 600 hospital beds in the CUH alone is there surely? no? yeah Okay, um, Okay. I'll check it. Just on the the point there with regards to nurses, Sean said that young people travel anyway. There's nothing to see here. They go. Um, And Marie then picks up on that point. She says, Sean is right. All the young people today want to travel. And they're right because it's good to broaden your horizons. It gets you set up for life. People have done it before, but that was different as they had to go for work. There's work now but young people still want to travel. What do you make of that counter-argument? Well,
5: um, all I can say is I know personally the person these people that yeah. are going. Actually, one of them is a relation of mine. And uh, they are very conscientious, very uh, dedicated nurses who are, are fantastic nurses, really, you know. Yeah. They're,
1: yeah. perfectly suited to be a nurse, you know, it's okay. a vocational kind of a, a job. You have and, a first-hand um, experience, yeah. I, I know it. Yeah. Listen, yeah. just on on that stat, uh, thank you for that, Kevin. He says, um, in, tw- in the year 2000, there were 23,500 hospital beds in Ireland. There are now 14,500 hospital beds in Ireland. So we've that's lost it. 10,000, that's the figure. That's it. Y- your thing, percentage you know. is right. The number's wrong, but your percentage yeah. is right. From 24,000 yeah, to 14,500. Why? No. Why? Why? They're
5: not firmly closed. I mean, that was just one... That, and Michal Martin was the Minister of Health for a good number of years during that period. So, he has direct responsibility for that, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Have a he good day. He should resign, really. He should resign, I'm afraid. What? He should resign now.
1: Well, yeah. um... You have to... You know, there's a possible push against them within Fianna Fáil, you know that? Well, hopefully there is, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, wh- how would that make be. a blind bit of difference? Sure, they're all the same.
5: Well, somebody could make a decision, you know, somebody could, will take on the responsibility of saying, we're in a desperate crisis, we need to do something seriously, there's a national emergency, you know, and and let's deal with it, you know. Somebody who will um, inspire kind of a support for the, the, the real serious measures
1: we have to take in this country. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. Text 868-104-106.
2: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM.
1: I left a car at home yesterday Decided to collect the kids from school by bus. We stood on the Western Road waiting for the 220... bus, the 220, five 208s passed us by. Uh, I was waiting so long in the rain that I called someone to come and collect us. And we were picked up after waiting for the 220 bus for an hour. Um, the buses are not reliable. In fact, three 220 buses just drove past. Now, that totally confuses me as to you don't say why those three 220s passes because that what you were waiting for. Were they full or just drove past? So you gave it up, gave up the ghost. Park and ride on the Kinsale Road is losing money. Why would they not rent a place on the straight road and maybe people would use it more? Morning, what idiot planned the footpaths on the toka Road whitened the paths with no rooms for a bus to pull in. Therefore, this will hold up traffic even more. Toka Road is a pure joke. What's happening is just disruptive. They made the road so small that two buses can't pass each other. So they had to do the road again. Take a look at Ballon Ray Road and Carrigaline. They made the road narrower than the footpaths, which you could land planes on those footpaths. Then they put buses on the road. Uh, I don't drive, so I need the bus to get to work. I appreciate that. Um, And that's what they want to do is encourage more. But somebody says the 24-hour ballon colleague to Carrigaline via the city centre bus is a ghost service and they should scrap it. I've seen it completely empty at 2 o'clock in the morning multiple times. Yeah, and that's weird then because you hear more people crying out that they want 24-hour buses and they want buses through the night so they can go into the city and socialise and go to the suburbs and satellite towns. Uh, I have the free travel and use the bus every day to go to Fountain Stand for a swim with a flask and a sandwich. Long may the bus continue. Says Jar from Toker. Beep, beep, beep. What kind of a sandwich, I wonder? You know, if you go every day to Fountainer for a swim and a flask, do you have a different type of sandwich every day or is it always the same? Is it ham? Is it ham and cheese? Is it a chicken salad? Come back to me. My daughter was on the bus in Marybury Hill going into town for work. The bus was stuck in Douglas for half an hour with the traffic. The kids going to Regina Mundy and Eglantine had to get off and run up the road. She was late for work, my daughter. Also, when she gets the bus home from the mall at five o'clock, it's always late. These buses are advertised on her phone in real time, but they're always wrong. It's time to open up Patrick Street to relieve the traffic from the mall and the keys in the evenings. What they have created is so frustrating. Uh, Angela, uh, tell that gobshite to shut up. My head is boiling. Me, is it? <laughs> you're not called me a gobshite. But you're entitled. I don't think it is me. Um, that's an interesting point actually you know uh, because what you were describing is supposedly going to be solved by bus connect we will have more buses and they'll have more priority and they'll be all electric and they'll be on time what utter crap about empty buses I was on the bus yesterday it was full it was full up to the door and regarding somebody on air who says that builders don't use buses I had nearly 10 lads on the bus along with me all with their tool bags with them Um. And just one more, uh, go back to the phone lines then. The 207 has not come twice in the last week For my child's secondary school. The bus just never showed up. Problem in Cork is you can't depend on the buses and this is why people are slow or don't use them. The 207 Douglas to Ballyvillan into town comes every half hour. Kids have to be in town for school at 8.40am. So the bus at 10 past 7 will get them way too early. But the next bus at 20 to 8 gets them too late because the traffic is so heavy that is why i hope I can answer your question we drive them to school most mornings and of course you're right we are adding to the traffic chaos but we don't have an alternative solution keep those texts coming text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. can i just stay with school transport of different forms if you like deirdre good morning
0: Good morning, how
1: are you? Your ma'am to Emily, who is a first-year student at Kinsale Community School. Has she just started then, is it? Just started, yeah. How is she settling in?
0: She loves the school and, and, you know, I've got good vibes from it as well, but it wouldn't have been our first choice. Okay, okay. We would have picked the school in, in the city
1: if possible. Because you're in Balafi why then was the choice Kinsale?
0: Um, it was the only school we could get. Emily has Down syndrome. Right, and um, we couldn't get into the special needs schools because she was in mainstream in Greenmount. And right. That on grade great. And normally, us parents would move them in fourth class or something into the special needs schools so you'd be automatically get a place. But COVID happened. Couldn't move them. And the schools, special needs, secondary schools, they were all full, full. through the special needs schools. Yeah. yeah. So, Kinsale was the only school we could get into and must say, she loves it down there. They're very, very good. She's happy there. But it means of getting there is our
1: problem. So what's the commute like on a daily basis?
0: Well, we're relying big time on her aunts, friends, neighbours to get us down in the mornings and come back up. Then I'd get a bus back down, pick her up, and then come back up on the four o'clock bus. So we're not getting home until about 20 past five on those days. Half days, I go down and I'll stay down there because she's finished. It wouldn't be worth my He's coming up and down because I don't drive. Um, and I'd walk around Kinsale until it was time to pick her up and get the bus. we get home at about half three. Um, we were supposed to get transport, a taxi. There was a Mr. Stack that um, got on to me late July or early August and said, yeah, she'll get a taxi. They'll pick up another, fel- another bike starting from Ballin and and there's um, no transport. That hasn't happened. I can't get through to. That hasn't happened. We're ringing phone numbers. You're on it for. The way that the way We're that busy. works
1: is you would have a, a taxi assigned with a special needs assistant in the taxi. The taxi driver. Yeah, we have
0: the special needs assistant.
1: And they would all They're travel. They, they would travel together. And in your case, it would be a shared ride to Consell with another lad. Yeah. Okay, that never happened.
0: That's not happening, and we can't get through.
1: Okay. To okay. anybody. Yeah. And what? and what's this business that if you if there's no lift or anything you get the 10 to 7 I have to bus to the,
0: the 2 to 6 bus to Kinsale and we'd have to go up to the airport because it's full with people going on the holidays that aren't parking their cars and stuff up there so it's full I was down in Capwell trying to get Mr Stack one day and I was getting the 10 past 2 bus which would get me to Tully or to Kinsale Um on time to run up to the school to collect her tapestry and the bus was full but it stopped to leave a driver off. So I pleaded my case and I stood in the bus up as far as the airport where then I got a seat. So to guarantee a seat for my daughter I have to go up to the airport at ten past seven. because right. she starts school at twenty
1: tonight. She 9. goes with you,
0: obviously. Oh, oh yeah, I'd have to yeah, she'd have to come with me. I, I have to travel up and down every day with her. Valfihan
1: to the airport and then get the bus from the airport to Kinsale.
0: Yeah. And, and then, then, then you, the a lot of the
1: time, up. stay around Kinsale. You were saying that you would walk around page. Kinsale, a lovely town, but when you know it's no one or on the days it's when lonely. it's wet, it's not a. Yeah,
0: like today. No, I was lucky I got a lift down today and a lift back up. But I'll be getting the 10 past 1 bus to try and get on it from Capwell or Turner's Cross. And if I don't, then I have an hour to get up to the
1: airport. So it's she like a lottery for you every single day, isn't it, as to whether you'll get a place on the bus, whether you'll make the bus, or yeah, how you're going to get yeah. home.
0: It, yeah, exactly, because if we miss the four o'clock bus because she has Down syndrome, if she's tired, we can't walk that fast down to the, the car park in Kinsale, and we could miss that bus, which means we'd have to wait for the five o'clock bus. <sighs>
1: Man. It's like a full-time and, ordeal, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah, and, you know, there's days now I'm, like, I'm getting emotional now, like, because I am absolutely worn out. When you come home, you're trying to prep the dinner so you can have it ready for the evening and then go down and then reheat it. And you're on the phone trying to get through to a human being that doesn't say send an email that's not replied to. It's, you know, it's wearing me down. yeah. I know. It's, I, and she's beautiful. Oh, she she throw everything into it. She makes me proud every day and the whole shebang And I and you do anything. Know. You of
1: course you do anything for Emily and giving her the oh. opportunity to be in mainstream stream secondary school in Kinsale. Yeah. it's it's a fabulous opportunity for her. And
0: but it is like she loves it down there, but like she's. Falling asleep on the way down because she's up so early. I know. Which what she calls it? Can I rest my eyes, mummy? Can I rest my eyes? She rests my eye, her eyes coming back up as well, and the whole lot. She's totally exhausted. I
1: know.
0: Totally. I'm exhausted, so she must be because it's a brilliant school. They're full of activities. I know, but it's just
1: the commute and and everything you're going through. It's
0: the commute and the promise and not. Following, trying to follow up and not getting any answers or anything like that. And how is it, it supposed to happen? The
1: yeah, the other mum with the lad who's supposed to share the taxi. How is it yeah, supposed and to happen?
0: Yeah, she's a nurse. She would give up, take three three weeks leave to see if this gets sorted for her. Like, and she's two other kids going to talk boys'
1: school. Like, bus Aaron give out the the tenders and taxi drivers and what have you. Then pitch yeah. for the tender and, uh, and they get accepted and they get paid X amount a week then to take the children with special needs to and from school uh, that's
0: who, what I believe because it's my first year and I who did in, you
1: have to apply to for that
0: I had to fill out a form in school then the can say right. they had to send it in
1: and did you get a form back saying that Emily was accepted onto that scheme I
0: got an email and a phone call
1: right
0: saying and, that she has got it and it would be in place and the whole lot and I just it's not in place nobody has gotten back to me I've tried ringing again
1: okay but how many numbers. days into it now are you
0: Emily started the 26th 25th of August
1: oh 25th of August so like a fortnight yes yeah. and no one's turned up or no one's called you since no okay okay sure it'll be worth uh, getting in touch and is this through bus Aaron then
0: yeah, it was a Mr. Stack. All right. Well, I
1: mean, Hathaway. I understand that, and, and it's unfortunate that you named somebody, but there's nothing I can do about oh, that. Sorry. But, no, it's Apologies. okay. No, it's well, all right. That's the only. Yeah. Okay. It's bus Aaron. But you certainly have an email saying that Emily's been accepted onto the scheme. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's see at midday if we can make a call. Well, we will make a call and see if we can make that happen. It just might be a bit slow getting out of the blocks on it, but um, uh, well, maybe a little bit of intervention. You won't have to be yeah. traipsing around Kinsale or getting up at the crack of dawn and tired. Because and, yeah. by the time your day is finished, you're worn out and thinking, I have to do all of this again tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know. And you would do anything for your child. I know what you're saying. Oh,
0: come yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And she makes it easy. Because you? Never
1: complains. I know. She All makes right. it easy. All right. Okay. Listen, and, I can't promise anything, but certainly um, we will get in touch with, with Capwell and see what we can do at midday. All right. We'll be back to you then. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Take and care nice. for now, Deirdre. All right. Bye. God thank bless. Care. Cheers. Bye. Right. Text 0868104106
2: The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818
1: And you can text 0868104106 Pick up the phone on 0818 104106 uh, More support for carers, more support for workers as well. I don't work as I'm a carer to my son with complex needs and I'm a single parent but I feel the taxpayers constantly get a raw deal These are some more answers to questions as what people would expect as a break in an upcoming budget. Martin says, nothing they can do will change my mind about the high levels of corruption at the core of the majority of so-called Western governments, he says. And Lucy says, I'd like that people who work actually get something for a change, to not have to pay for the ones who just couldn't be bothered and continually scam the system we're still paying this universal service charge that was supposed to be temporary. Uh, and John says they have blood on their hands and people knew the real state of people trying to live nowadays, low-paid workers that just can't make ends meet with the high cost of living. Tools down, lads. Strike. Hit them where it hurts, says John. Uh, and Jenny says more help is needed for single parents that pay for everything themselves. I work full-time. I pay my rent, but I can't get fuel allowance. I have no idea how I'm going to heat my house I have to put 40 euro a week in oil just to heat water for showers. And you know what? Isn't it just going to get dearer, the cost of energy? Uh, And one or two more. Put a price freeze on our greedy suppliers. Get rid of universal charges. Don't mind this 200 euro towards our bills. The government still rake in higher taxes. Oh, and TDs should return their wage increases. All of them. They don't need it. As if, uh, as I can see, that they are just getting richer, says Frank. And that's just a selection. There's those and lots more even from this morning's program that I haven't had an opportunity to get to uh, as of yet. But keep those calls, texts and comments coming, text 0868 uh, 106. Um, I saw an interesting press release come in yesterday on another subject uh, from a company called Legacy, their head of Legacy, going through his own experience Regarding uh, the Leaving Certificate, now I wasn't here last week when the Leaving Certificate results were up, but we are looking at this stage now of this week at the CAO offers coming out, you know, and you know the way it is, Uh, you you might necessarily want to do one topic or one subject or follow one course in, in UCC, you mightn't get it. In fact, you mightn't get your second, or you might end up doing, as happens, I think, an awful lot of the time, people end up actually doing a course in UCC that they never had intended to do, and they're dictated by, by points. But I was, you know, you talk about the leaving certificate. A lot of people don't actually, or didn't in the past. I know things have changed now, and the whole landscape has changed, but a lot of people never... Um, sat the leaving certificate. An awful lot of people back in the day never sat the intercert or the junior cert, and it didn't necessarily define them in any way, shape, or form. They still got on with their life. I was reading an interview uh, with uh, Ian Dempsey, the Today FM Breakfast presenter. He never collected his leaving certificate results. Uh, he has no idea what his marks were. He says um, he never picked them up, he did the bare minimum in school. He said in an interview that the results are probably still in an envelope somewhere in Belvedere College. He says, maybe I did okay and that I would have been surprised if I collected them, but I doubt it. He says that even during his biology exam, he left the exam to go on air. He was on pirate radio at the time, around about the same time as I was on pirate radio. He says, I was really thinking about what I was going to say on air rather than how I should have been answering the exam. And I know I spoke in the past as well to uh, Paul Byrne. Who I didn't, I think, didn't sit the leaving certificate and didn't, to the best of my knowledge, sit the what would have been the insertion. Anyway, I make those points about him and others like that because it shouldn't actually define you. Mind you, the pressure now on people is just incredible with regards to trying to get on a career ladder without, say, never mind a leaving certificate, but a college degree or indeed these days a master's. And that's all ahead of us. So, anyway, in a roundabout way, it brings me back to the press release I got. Uh, from Legacy Communications, their SEO is uh, it, it's Mihal Brennan. Is it Mihal or Michael? My apologies. Yeah, Mihal. So, just on that point, and lots more besides, um, you're looking at people now who want to go to college or might miss the actual choice that they want to do. In your case, by a mile. Am I right?
14: yeah well about 50 or 60 points anyway okay so so off it it.
1: but but the point you were making actually or the press release that i got is that there's always a plan b is it
14: exactly yeah so um i originally uh wanted to become an english teacher so look to be honest i didn't really like school that much which is kind of ironic when i wanted to be an english teacher but um when i when i did my leaving start didn't come anywhere near getting the points and um ended up actually dropping out of college as well after a couple of years but I suppose you know it took me on a different career path and I ended up you know finding um, an industry that I kind of fell in love with and have managed to grow uh, in over the course of the years. so you not were born and
1: reared in Cork went to a Cork school did go to UCC but not your first choice was it
14: uh, yeah, so I'd be from just outside Bandon and uh, I would have went to CIT. Um, so my first choice I think was UC, uh, UCC, so I think there was a teaching course there for, for English or Arts, one of those courses, but I, I missed it by mile So I ended up going to CIT to do business and marketing, but I uh, left it after two years. Um, without, without a degree of course
1: why did things, you pick business and marketing which is a million miles from an English teacher
14: <laughs> yeah it's like at the time you kind of had two choices you put down your level 8 and your level 6 so I put down my, my level 8 and then you know the backup options in were kind of the level 6's and stuff so it was just one of those lower points um, I suppose you know like, like most people at the time or even these days I didn't exactly know what I wanted yeah. but, uh, would you
1: say a lot, pe- a lot are drifting along in college courses would you think that my hall
14: I think so. well, I, I don't know if that's fully fair to say, but I, I do think there's there's so many courses there these days. But like you know, most of the people I work with, most of the people I've met, a lot of them don't do anything to do with what their degree was. You know, and I think I suppose a lot of kids, especially in the last week, you know, they they would have put a lot of pressure on themselves over the last two years, and you know, there's been record points as well uh, when the results came out. So you know, a lot of people would have been disappointed. But I suppose what, what we wanted to say was it's not necessarily the end of the world. Like you know, you've got another. Thirty, forty years in front of you, and um, like, you know, a lot of people I like, would know, know have two and three careers within the course of their their professional lifetime, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. As in changes in their career, complete 360 or 180s, is it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so
14: like you see a lot of people in their 30s and 40s going back to college to do a master's in something completely different to what they've been doing for the last 15 or 20 years.
1: Is there not a better way of doing it then, so that that doesn't happen? I mean, maybe time out or something. To think about yeah. what you want to do, an internship for a year to trial something. Okay, I like this. Now I'm going to go to college and do it.
14: Yeah, I think I think that's interesting because, like, I suppose my my accountants in Band and all accountants, like one of the things they would have always said to me was that some of the best accountants that they would have had would have been school leavers, you know, so people that would have done their leaving cert and came straight into them rather than than going the the college route. And um, so, like, there's a lot of options. Like, one of our other clients there would be a co- company called On Security, and like they recruit guys straight out of school as well to do like, you know, software coding and stuff like that. So, you know, it could be some, one of those things where you could go straight into a job. Obviously, there's the option for the trades as well. You know, there's, there's a massive shortage of tradesmen. But yeah. like, you know like th- there is tons of options and even if you don't get what you wanted this year that there's other options like you know there's plc courses there's there's, there's different there's more than one way it's going to skin a cat as suppose would be the main thing to say
1: so they're hiring the individual based on their um personality first are they are their temperament or they're hiring the person is it as opposed to their certificate that they have in their hand
14: I well I suppose the, I suppose what we wanted to say was that, that that's an option though, you know, that you don't necessarily have to put everything into um into the college um into the college boat, you know. Um, but yeah there there is definitely opportunity. So yeah, when we talk about on security what they're doing is they're actually monitoring uh forums and looking for talent within that, you know. So they're they're monitoring like software development forums and hacking forums and looking for for talent within there, meeting those guys and, and, you know, once they're finishing school, offering them jobs because, like, you know, like with software development or in in my game, like in search engine optimization, you know, like the the certificate doesn't matter. It kind of matters whether you can write code or it matters if you can rank a website, you know.
1: Yeah, I I understand that, but that's a a particular career path. It's it's a rather selected one, but I suppose all career paths are. But in, in your case... You said that, I hated school, it just wasn't for me, I hated homework, so I just didn't bother. I didn't get on with my teachers and got kicked out of a class a lot, as well as a few suspensions. You then went on to CIT, where you said, I was lazy in college. <laughs> I mean, yep. You, you were really building yourself up for a fall. <laughs>
13: yeah,
14: yeah, yeah. yeah, look, to be honest, I, I, I probably ha- uh, enjoyed looking out the window more so than looking at the blackboard, <laughs> or- you know.
1: To a large extent you were you were lucky actually that you got away with that because you did go to work uh, in Cork Airport but were made redundant is it?
14: Yeah, yeah When, when I suppose in 2010 when the global downturn happened um, there was redundancies offered so I uh, would have been made redundant from, from Cork Airport at the time and that kind of set me off in my journey into my current career so at the time, I started getting interesting, interested in digital marketing and SEO, and I built uh, a website, figured out how to get it ranking, and then over the course of the you know next three or four years, started kind of experimenting with it on the side while I was also working in um, in, in Toronto. And then when I came back to Ireland in 2014, I set up my my own uh, digital marketing agency and uh, built that up over the following six seven years, and then sold it to Legacy Communications in. April of last year, and now I'm working as the head of SEO. uh, And did you sell it then
1: for crazy money? Ultimately, like
14: (laughs) (laughs) I wish not. Um, yeah, no. Look, I I did all right out I'm not not a rich man or anything, but that went well. But I suppose for me, there the the main thing uh, with with legacy was kind of the right fit. So you know, it's kind of a one man band with a couple of contractors um, and, and some good clients. But like. uh, when 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 legacy approached, you know, it just felt like the right fit. Like I suppose legacy would have been founded by Bernard Brogan the, the former Dublin footballer, and um, like even his, even though he's a Dublin footballer, you find it hard to find someone that says a bad word about Bernard. Yeah. You know? So like that, it was just one of those things that kind of came along, and it was just more of the right fit at the right time. I and mean, then you know we've gone on to do some really good things over the, the course of the year. So like, and what advice do you
1: or, give to people who? you know, maybe going through the similar kind of confusion or not knowing. I mean, you know, I love, the, I love the headline that you made in The Sun. The Sun say, I'm a college dropout. My leaving cert was a disaster. Now my company makes me six figures. How can, I mean, are you the exception or do you think that's achievable? Oh, definitely I would say it's achievable.
14: Yeah, I suppose, look, the main thing I would say is that there's a long road ahead there. You know, also, like, well, someone might not have got the points they wanted this week. um. You know there's 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 a long road there you know so there's a, there's a long time that you can you know to get through your your path to you know what you want to do um but uh like the main thing for me probably really is you know if you if you are willing to work hard and you know have a bit of grit you know you, you can you can get uh you can get to a, a good place and get to a successful career you might not necessarily know what that is no but you know i suppose when you're 17 or 18 there's another four or five years of things you can do before you kind of start to figure out what you're what you really into and what you really want to do. So don't panic then in that regard. Exactly, don't panic would be the kind of main thing. Yeah,
1: because oh, you know at some stage, the passion that you want to follow will kick in. You believe exactly.
14: Yeah, you 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 figure it out. You know.
1: Yeah let's see what happens in the coming days then with regards to people's choices but you know uh, take it steady I suppose you, well anybody yeah. listening are you, are you hiring
14: yeah we are yeah so Legacy will be growing fairly well so we are we are hiring um, currently for an SEO specialist on my team and in the, the PR uh, team at Legacy will also you know, be looking for new people so we're, we're growing at a pretty good rate that's
1: the growing people. world isn't it the whole digital online world really isn't it
14: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that. It's one of those industries that, you know, has a a lower barriers entry, but, you know, has um, the, the prospects for a really successful career.
1: And search engine optimization. What does it actually mean? Is it kind of is it targeting people with specific marketing and advertising according to their lifestyle?
14: Yeah, so I suppose like, I get asked that a lot, and the easiest way to explain it is, and, and you can do this, if you go to Google right now and Google the words best-looking man in Ireland, you'll, you'll see actually my photo there next to the likes of Colin Farrell and,
1: and Jamie <laughs> Dorn and those guys, you know. You're joking me. You're a good-looking yeah,
14: guy, yeah. are you? No, 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 I'm just good at search engine optimization. Um, but,
1: so you um, managed to get yourself
14: in there, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's basically what I do for businesses. So you know, like if, if there was a business that you know wanted to show up on the first page of Google, they they would come to us and we would um, we would optimize their website and then get them ranking, grow their traffic, grow their leads. So
1: are you the guy on the on the on the boat? On the boat, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's me. And are you the guy be, you in the, guy the The guy
14: with the blue te- the blue shirt? Yeah, whatever?
1: the guy yeah on the
14: beach. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's me there. So no, I just did that for a bit of crack because like like our. Um, our game, there's, there's a lot of testing and stuff, you know. So you're testing different strategies. So I just, I just did that a couple of years ago. Could you get it. me into that? I could. Yeah, I could put you up as the best um, radio DJ in Ireland. <laughs> you're probably there already, anyway.
1: <laughs> That's kind of spooky, actually, Mehall. Yeah,
14: yeah. Look, you can manipulate things like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm obviously
1: definitely handsome, handsome well, <laughs> but there's not a lot of manipulation. Well done, man. I love it. I love it. Listen, we'll chat again. Fair play to you. There's a crazy world out there. Look after yourself. All right, I mean listen, thank Cheers you. take care. Sure. Go check it out for yourself. Me all Brendan comes up as the most handsome man in Ireland and you can do that by digitally, I suppose, uh, as they do. Um, you know, change the way people think or change search engine optimization anyway I mentioned earlier on I also mentioned Pat Phelan who never did his junior cert never did his intercert, went off and worked as a trainee butcher in the English market and look at the journey he went on as well as that story of course there was Paul Byrne's story who left school at 15 just a quick call with him Paul good morning Neil, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. We could put you in as uh, the. Um, not so sure about the most handsome man in Ireland, but oh, maybe, just, maybe the, the, the same greatest same TV same correspondent well. in Ireland. What do you think? I,
8: I, I was just saying, like, How am I going to follow uh, Hall's conversation? And I think if you Google <laughs> the best, biggest bluffer in Ireland, it's the modern tops
1: there. Well, in know? fairness, for a guy who left school at 15, hated school, I believe, and never did the intercert. Uh-huh. No, I just.
8: Um, I couldn't stand it. I was under. I, I genuinely am. I sound strange, but it, it was the most pressurizing time of my life when I was in school, in secondary in particular. I just hated every minute of it. Uh, I remember I had a a digital watch, and I just look at it, and every I said, "Grand, another minute gone, another minute gone, another
1: minute gone." Yeah, you were taking Costa nothing in. Home.
8: Oh, I just couldn't, honestly. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, people would say you were stupid. No, I wasn't. I just was think stupid. Um, it was just horrific. I, I just didn't want to be there, Neil. I no interest. I couldn't grasp what was going on. Um, it was going in one ear and it was just coming out the other as quick as it went in. Uh, just had no interest. All I wanted to do, Neil, was work. Um, I must say it took an awful lot of convincing uh, my parents to allow me leave school we sat down, we thought long and hard and look, there was no other option they, they knew that I was you know, going to explode um, it, it was just I was going through hell I wasn't, there was nothing happening in school to me or anything like that yeah. I just didn't want to be there I Was there a lot of working. stress and
1: anxiety and, and um, you know, tears of a morning I, kind of thing?
8: Oh, Neil, honest to God, I, I would do things to try and dodge school. Uh, when, funnily enough, when I didn't like school, I never went in the hop, but I'd go in and I'd get sick, pretend to be sick. I'd be home again at half nine. Um, I would throw myself down the stairs, try to break my leg oh my dodge God. school, close the door on my fingers, try to dodge oh school. Oh my God. Uh, so if I couldn't use a pencil or a boiler or anything like that. But um, eventually, it just, uh, the pressure was all too much for me. I just, I just had no idea what was going on. All I wanted to do was work. I was very lucky. My father was in the auctioneering business. He was in the entertainment business. And, uh, you know, work and entertainment has been in my blood. And um, I, eventually they said, OK, you can go. And um, I left. And uh, I've got no regrets, to be quite honest with you. And it t- for a while, I was kind of somewhat embarrassed that I was allowed to leave school. People were saying I was too conscious of what people might be saying. Oh, God, how irresponsible of your mother and father. But they knew best at that, at that stage. Look, I put it this way to you. Today, it's a different kettle of fish If my small fella said, I want to leave school. I give him a slap of a wet
1: sock. But I know... He'd say, Daddy, you did it.
8: I didn't tell him, Neil. I've never spoken about it uh, because I don't want him to leave school. It's a different um, era and I had a pillow to fall on Whereas he doesn't right now, mm. um, unless he wants to come in and be trying to become a, a TV presenter, a reporter or a radio DJ, which I did obviously. I was in the Pirates when I was 14 years of age and worked my way up.
1: And I um, was yeah, just telling the story that Dempsey <laughs> never picked up his leaving certificate. I also saw in an RSVP article that you figure in as one of those that didn't do the cert. Niall Horan quit school at the age of 16 to join One Direction. Must have been a very very brave agreement between him and his parents that they would allow him to quit school to join a a boy band.
8: Yeah, but maybe they saw that he had the potential and my parents also saw that I had something um, because they knew I, I was born into a family business from a very young age. I was working and they knew that I knew the ropes and they also knew that I just wasn't cut out for school. And yeah. again, times were different and they saw the, that I had something and they said, okay, let's, let's give them a chance, let them explore it. And maybe that's the case. With Niall horns parents and uh, Dempsey not picking up his leaving cert results, um, you know maybe he just knew it, it. You know he wasn't going to go to college or whatever.
1: the case Yeah, was. yeah. There are other and examples of it. Vogue Williams didn't sit her, did sit her leaving certificate, but she was mortified at her points, uh, and she went on to DJ instead. Um, Ronan Keating apparently left school six months before his leaving cert again. Uh, to join a boy he band. A, but it's yeah, not, look, you I know, they're it. lucky in the sense that... He really, bo- he, he really went down to Swanee, didn't he? <laughs> but that's what I mean. They were successful boy bands, but a lot of them aren't successful. It's a no, big I'm, risk. I'm only joking.
8: I'm only joking on that one. No, he did. He did, he did very well. Um, look, it, it, there's been luck on a lot of people's sides, you know, but you had a, you had um, an electrician on there recently, Ken O'Connell,
7: yeah. who sat in
8: front of his van and said, look, School and college isn't for everybody. If you want to try and earn a few, Bob, you're learning, you're earning, become an electrician, become an an apprentice plumber, a block player. You know, you'll never starve, Neil, if you can play an instrument or you've got a trade. And look, college isn't for everybody. Um, You know, you, you, you can have the best CV in the world, but you mightn't be able to... What am I looking at? It might be, it might, you might be able to put it across when you're at an interview situation, but you might be fantastic. Academic. Well,
1: you could be marked, as they used to say, yeah. but not maybe you people know, smart. People, are, or,
8: you savvy, you yeah, know?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what my, know, Michael, that Michael Brennan is saying, actually, you know, that the, there's a bit of a wilderness for a few years after leaving certificate. And that's why you find people doing maybe my 10 spend 10 years going through the college system tweaking it and changing courses and eventually finding their path but would you accept that it's very different now that you know uh, as they call it say a high school dropout is on the back foot without the leaving certificate the degree the masters just to get a look in the door
8: I don't think so because I think we're we're, we're now going into an era again where um, trades are very much sought after so you you, you don't college isn't everything um, if, if you don't have a you're leaving search you don't have your can whatever the, the junior search the leaving search pick up the trade um, you know you, you you can't buy that kind of experience really going in and, and learning from from the masters you know the, the Ken O'Connell or whoever um, so
1: and how did it work um, was, for you then did it per, was it persistence knocking on doors making phone calls you know having a good personality were those the things that brought you to where you are now
8: yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like 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 a lot of us. And being honest, Neil, I, I often say I I I've bluffed my way through life. I've limped along. I've a gold medal in bluffing, um, you know. I but I've been able to get on well with people and, you know, communicate well with people. And I enjoy what I do. And I think when you enjoy what you do as well, you know, you you'll flourish at it. So. Um, I'm just wondering, again, is it di-
1: I, is it different now? Where where you know, there's a different mindset there. Because back in the day, people would have worked longer hours for free. They would have worked for free. They would have um, volunteered to do more work, to prove themselves, to get on the ladder and to, you know, to, to yeah. move, move through it. Where it's now is, if you work two hours yeah. extra in a week, you're owed two hours next week, you know?
8: Yeah, we all worked in private radio stations for nothing. You know, um, and that was that was our training ground, whereas now you, you can't work for nothing. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will be willing to go in and say, look, you know, I, I meet people every day. Could could I, my son or my daughter, their interests in journalism and all that? And, and I said, yeah, cause, you, know, they, they, you know, they go in and they find work experience, but they go to college then as well. Um, but, you know, the college again isn't for everyone and you can't beat the, the real thing when you're out in the ground or up there. In, out there in
1: red fm so yeah. watching what's going on and learning you know yeah so yeah, um yeah. changing world isn't it, it? good to talk it to you. it'd be nice world. to talk to other people who've been through similar stories and how it worked out for them um because this is cao week of course and people are worried about their points and what will be available to them and there'll be a lot of uh, head scratching you know
8: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on uh, kids and it's it's sad to see that and look, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll pull through and they'll get what they want and follow their dreams and I hope, like, that, you know, parents, a lot of parents as well are saying, come on, you must be, you must do this and you must do that but think of the the kids, the pressure people are under in this day and age. It's savage. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think just look, Bide your time, relax, take a breath. Even this morning, my fellow Callum was going out the door. He's just started in secondary school, uh, BCS, and I said, Cal, relax you now, you know, breathe, take it in, do your best. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's all they can do. Yeah. You know?
1: well, it's a tough world out there without adding to the stress and the anxiety of it all. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers. Byrne, uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Love to hear your story, actually, uh, because there are some incredible success stories of uh, people who went out, maybe with very little education. In the case say with uh, you know, I mean, there's different ways of being educated. You know, education doesn't necessarily come with a, an exam result. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now.
2: 0818104106
1: Corks Red FM. Final bit of business for today is our family passes to give away to wonderful. Cork tourist attractions. Now I know I still have some left and at this stage I suppose many of the visits that you will go if you're lucky enough to win will be on the weekends. So that's fine. I mean a lot of the kids are now back in school and what have you. But we have Charles Fort left, UCC, Cove Heritage Centre, Yaw, Clockgate Tower, and also St. Mary's Collegiate Church with the Titanic Experienced, West Cork Secret, Foot Golf, Cork Harbour Boat Hire, Lees Farm, Camden Fort Myer and Perks Family Entertainment Centre down in Yall. This morning, I will give away three family passes right now for Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre, which is, of course, open at the weekend. So that's my final three passes. More for a different location tomorrow and the day after and so on and so forth until the final selection that we've left are given away. So three family passes now. Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Center. Pick up the phone 0818 104 106 and off you go. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.